Cheers, y'all. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine little program known as Smoking and Toasting and Smoking and Toasting 161, and it's Halloween Day. Happy Halloween, Ian. Happy Halloween to you. We made it to 161 episodes. Can you believe this? Yes, and no one stopped us. No one stepped in. I think that's why uh, Jeff is here today. I think, I think he's <laughs> stepping in. I got, I got a lucky invite. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> suspiciously, he shows up at 161. We'll see if we make it to 162. That's right. uh, Jeff, uh, duty also known as Skeet, is a uh, a fellow member, along with uh, my esteemed co-host Ian, of uh, CCSD, which stands for... The Connoisseur's Club of Smoking and Drinking. Connoisseur's Club. She always yes, missed the first word. Connoisseur's Club of Smoking and Drinking. And so uh, we'll, I, will, I want to talk about CCSD in a moment, but first of all, we just want to welcome everybody to show number 161. It's the Great Pumpkin Beer Blind Taste Test, Charlie Brown. <laughs> and uh, the sort of secondary title for the show today is we taste 11 pumpkin beers so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I got a question for you. Have yes. you watched It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, this year? Not this year, no. I actually watched it two nights ago and carved a pumpkin. It's awesome. And I carved the pumpkin to look like Charlie Brown. I wish I'd have made, oh, uh, I wish I'd have had a picture uh, of you it. You should totally have taken a picture of that. That would have been good. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. Our program is brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, B.B. Italia on Memorial in Houston, and B.B. Lemon on Washington Ave plus uh, Annie. I still haven't gone over to, to check out if it's open yet, but we will we'll get to the yeah, details we'll on that. Check that so speaking of details, here's the big news. Whiskey Sniff 2019 is next week. It is next Wednesday. Oh, that's the wrong is one. Is that funny? <laughs> that's the wrong one. Because what I meant to do is say it's the it's the bomb. bomb. It's the oh, bomb. okay. I got it. Whiskey Sniff, uh, we did the first one last year. Uh, it did sell out last year. Uh, there are still tickets available at Eventbrite. Uh, we made it a little bit larger this year, but you don't want to wait too late. Uh, next Wednesday is the Sniff, and here's how it works. You arrive at, it's at B&B Butchers and Restaurant in uh, Houston on Washington Ave, 1814 Washington Ave. You'll arrive, you'll uh, present your ticket. And you'll be given a grab bag full of goodies. In that grab bag, in addition to, you know, all kinds of little cool tchotchke stuff, will be a handful of cigars. You'll choose a cigar that you want to smoke, and you'll have time to choose more than one if you if you uh, would like. Uh, but you'll choose your first cigar to smoke, and then you will be allowed to sniff well over 100 whiskeys and uh, different and other spirits. spirits yes. uh-huh. And in the sniffing, you'll uh, be able to determine what you think is going to... Air best with your cigar. Yeah, so not only does this uh, become a great cigar and whiskey or spirit pairing event, mm-hmm. um, there will be uh, past hors d'oeuvres. Uh, oh yes, which means you will get to try the bacon. bacon. If you haven't tried the bacon there, you got to try the bacon. There. It's a great way to try the bacon it's just just for that. I mean, it's almost worth the ticket price just to try the. Oh, bacon. All their hors d'oeuvres are pretty amazing. Yeah. But the other thing that you get out of this is, if you're one of the people who goes and stands in the whiskey aisle and you're like, man, that sure looks good. But I don't want to spend eighty dollars on this bottle just to find out if I if like it. If it's good, yeah. Yeah, this is a great opportunity. I would highly recommend. Now, you can be geeky about this. This is a wonderful thing. I see people do this at whiskey events all the time, and this is a whiskey event. This is mm-hmm. whiskey and cigar pairing. It sure is. Um, bring a notebook. 
or oh, you know, use a notebook yeah, a little app notepad on, your phone. Or on your phone. Yeah, take pictures of what you try and you really like and what you like about it and those kind of things. Keep track of it. There's and then going the to be next so time. many. I promise you won't remember. Besides, you're going to try a lot. I promise you're yeah. not going to remember. Yeah. And and the next time you're in the whiskey aisle, you go, "What was that one I tried at the sniff yeah. that?" I, and it, there'll be on your phone. You'll be like, ah, "That's right." Happy happy purchaser. Happy That's customer. Right. That's right. Uh, and the other thing about the whiskey sniff is. Based on last year, the people that came to it, like they were just so people were so fun to hang out happy. with. Everybody was happy because they were smoking cigars happy. and drinking whiskey. And so we've enlarged the area this year. The outdoor deck of the upstairs of P and B will be available for the smoking, and then uh, at least most of the spirits will be located just inside. The walls pull back on the inside area upstairs at B and B, and so the walls will be pulled back. You'll be able to go in, choose what you like, and uh, then hang out on the deck and see how it works with so your cigar. The weather is uh, hopefully going to be absolutely nice. Uh, Looks man, like it's it going to be, be good. Great for yeah. jacket wearing weather. If you're bringing your wives, don't forget to bring two jackets. Um, because you know your wife's going to steal yours. Yes, absolutely. But it's not going to be that cold. It looks like the high for that day is predicted to be 76, and the low is in like the oh, mid to upper 60s. So it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Fantastic. <clears throat> and it's a very awesome, picturesque area. If you haven't been there before, uh, mm-hmm. the B&B upstairs is, um, it has a great view of the downtown skyline absolutely. of Houston. It's just absolutely a great place to hang and smoke just on a regular basis. And it'll be even better when it's uh, populated by people loving whiskey and beer and cigars. So uh, so find your uh, tickets at eventbrite.com. Just search Whiskey Sniff once you get there. Easy to find. And I promise you, it is well worth the money. It's going to be great. And if you're watching this on Facebook, you will be inundated with us putting up posts every day about yes. how awesome the Whiskey Sniff is about to be. And how awesome it was. So you want to make sure you are there That's right. so that you can uh, you know, you know, can enjoy in that. So uh, welcome to Jeff. Uh, Jeff from CCSD is here, and the reason that we invited him, other than just, you know, for general, you know, fun, is uh, because we're doing this pumpkin beer blind taste test today. And so... It, I thought it would be a good idea to add a third taste tester. That a way it's not just element, you yes. and me arguing with you liking all the stouts and me liking all the ales. You know what I mean? <laughs> we we got to put we got to put a third there, voice in there, there somewhere. Yeah. That. So so it's it's going to be very interesting. Now let me tell you what we've got 11 pumpkin beers we'll be sampling and then we're also sampling a uh, tequila Casa Noble Añejo tequila mm. which we'll get to in a moment. But uh, here are the beers that we'll be blind taste testing. And Adam, our producer on the Wheels of Steel, will be doing the pours and handing them to us. We'll be, you know, doing this totally blind. So we can't just go, oh, I know Dogfish Head is there. That's my favorite. You know, in that it, maybe it is, but maybe it's not. We'll see because this will all be blind. Yes, we're, ta- taste we're test. taking out the preconceived. Uh, I like this because I like the brewery. I like this exactly. because the, the packaging looks good. It'll be we're totally not going to know any on, of that stuff. Totally right? based on taste and how it how it hits the palate. So so here's what we're testing, guys. Fourth Taps, Thirteenth Floor Haunted House Pumpkin Ale, Nebraska Brewing's Wick for Brains Pumpkin Ale. <laughs> I love that. Prairie Artisan Ale's Basic Becky. Imperial Stout with Pumpkin. Basic Becky. Basic Becky. <laughs> Southern Star uh, from Conroe. Uh-huh. Southern Star's Cygord Pumpkin Ale. Which, Cygord. Which later, by the I way. I bet the label is amazing on Yes, that. I was going to say later in the last segment, 
when we're uh, choosing our favorites from the day, we'll try to show the cans and bottles so people can see what they look like. And some of the artwork on these is, is just great. Nice. So, uh, so Sigurd Pumpkin Ale, Brooklyn Brewing's Post Road Pumpkin Ale, Dogfish Head's Pumpkin Ale, Anderson Valley Brewing's Fall Hornin Pumpkin Ale, New Holland Brewing's Ichabod Pumpkin Ale, why don't people name their children Ichabod anymore? I don't know. It, it like, seems to have fallen out name. of favor as a name. <laughs> yeah, uh, Clown Shoes, Gordo, Imperial Pumpkin Stout. Of course. Uh, and then we'll have Elysian's Dark Knife Pumpkin Schwartz Beer. Pumpkin Schwartz Beer. Yeah. That's just fun to say. And then last but uh, I'm guessing not least, we'll see. St. Arnold's Pumpkinator, 2019 Imperial. Anytime you're trying pumpkin, pumpkin beers, you have to have the St. Arnold's Pumpkinator. Well, it's you know it's a favorite, so I'm really curious to see how it will do because there's a number of pumpkin stouts in here, so you won't know which one is the Pumpkinator we'll unless gonna... unless you really got if if you know I'm going to be very impressed in a blind <laughs> taste test. Seriously, seriously. So and you know uh, pumpkin ales are a bit divisive, or pumpkin beers in general. A bit divisive in the world of, of beer lovers because, you know, some people love them. Some people have absolutely no use for them. But what I, what I find interesting about pumpkin ale is that it really isn't necessarily about the taste of pumpkin. It's really more about the spices because pumpkin by itself is, you know, it's not that exciting. But a great pumpkin pie with pumpkin and the right spices added to it, you know. We uh, always think pumpkin pie. I had, uh, I went to a, a, a dinner with friends one night and had uh, some pumpkin uh, soup. I bet it was at good. At one point in time, I've had that before. absolutely amazing. Have you had yeah. pumpkin soup? It was kind of like a. The one I had was kind of like a bisque. Yeah, so it's, it's a very right, thick kind of. Yeah, really it's, delicious. It's so good. And I've had uh, um, uh, raviolis. In, oh, in like a good. pumpkin uh, base, like a pumpkin uh, sauce, sauce, yeah, right, right. which is I also very good. good. So, uh, yeah. So, it, I think this will be really interesting. I'm trying to go into it with as open mind as possible. Well, because I, I don't dislike pumpkin beer, but it's not a. The other thing to consider about pumpkin flavor is when we think pumpkin beers, there's a lot of pumpkin beers that they put a lot of sweet into. Right. And and when we think pumpkin pie, you know, we sweeten it with a lot of sugar. Pumpkin itself is not really sweet. No, in fact, it's a bit bitter. Yeah. If just all by itself. So that's one of the reasons they. With the pie, you sweeten it up, and you uh, you know add right, the, right. add the baking spices and the, uh, all of that stuff. So cinnamon is usually a big element in that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what comes through as we taste these, and that's why it's going to be fun to taste them uh, you know blind without knowing what what one we're trying. So I don't actually uh, have to go blind to do this. Do no, I? you don't. But okay. but it would help. But it by would, the end of it, we might be. It will make you blind. I went blind on pumpkin beer. Uh, also in the program today, there's been a major victory. In the cigar legislation uh, fight, and so we'll share that with we you. Need because we need a victory. We need a victory. Yes, yes. We those of us who live here in Houston are just, you know. I, I I told my wife this morning. I said, I'm still so bummed about the Astros' loss, but I'm so glad baseball season's over. Uh, so many games in baseball. I know. Season. I, I can finally get some like, sleep. Yeah. Are you it's a, a huge lot. baseball fan? I I am. I am. Yeah. Me and my brother. All uh, the games. Because I know people who do. All the games is a tall order. So <laughs> yeah, there's a I, lot. Of I typically games. try and watch the Astros games whenever they're playing. 
And, yeah. uh, all 7,000 of them every yeah, season? Yeah, all, all 7,000. Well, I just want to say this, not to devolve into a sports conversation, but the Astros had a great season. I mean, they it did. was a disappointing end for Astros fans when the Nationals took the series last it night. Is, but is. but it was and, – and hats off to the Nationals. I mean, they earned it. They, they played well enough that they deserved to win that series. But uh, as an Astros fan, it, it was fun. And I discovered something else about Astros baseball this year, and that is when I go to the games, we lose. <laughs> so I am away. not going to any games next year. I'm just going to watch them on TV if uh, uh, if I'm so. You inclined. can see the so. stadium from your balcony. Yes, yes, I can. <laughs> uh, also uh, on the program, a Nick Jonas update because that's very important. That is, uh, and there's a bi- there's a big Nick Jonas story this week, big. So I'll tell you about that. And things are not going so well at Molson Coors, and that's impacting the uh, the world of m- mainstream beer. As we Did know the it. state of California find out that the cold-activated uh, can <laughs> yeah. causes cancer and well, apparently, lab rats or something? Apparently, when there's a raging wildfire nearby, the cold-activated cans never go blue. Oh. So that that is one of the bigger uh, <laughs> the bigger problems. Not to not to uh, laugh at the expense of no. those who are who are uh, suffering from no, the uh, California wildfires, but uh, absolute tragedy. And a craft beer hater has penned one of the most ridiculous articles I've ever read, yeah. and I'll share some of that with you, really just so I can get Ian going. That's the plan. Can if if he's a craft beer hater, can we say dilly dilly to him? We totally should. We totally should. <laughs> can we just uh, send him an email yeah, that says yeah. dilly dilly? So so a ton of things going on in the show today, in addition to the beer tasting, and we'll get to all the tasting in just a moment. But I wanted to ask you, Ian. It's been a crazy week with you know baseball and all of that here in Houston. But uh, did you have an opportunity to uh, smoke anything interesting this week? I did. As a matter of fact, it was so interesting. I would call it Superfly. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Is that picture up? Because it was super fly. Anything, anytime you put out a cigar or a beer or a product basically named after a Curtis Mayfield song, I'm probably mm-hmm. going to buy it. Yeah, I was going like, to say, that goes on the purchase <laughs> you gotta list try immediately. Like, yeah, you gotta Especially try with as awesome a label as the Superfly label is. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so... Pimpin', if so you that will. has that Superfly logo almost. Oh, on yeah, the label. dude. It's yeah. super pimping, super pimping. Love it. Um, anyway, this was a Oscar Valdez Superfly. Uh, oh, and I like Oscar Valdez's cigars. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, he's known for the leaf cigars mm-hmm. that are Those that are, are wrapped with the uh, with the actual cigar leaf, they mm-hmm. had, they, which is a great like their packaging is yeah Love so those. cool and and it looks awesome and and their leaf Maduro is is an absolute go to for me. Pardon me. Um, so this one is a uh, Mexican San Andreas wrapper. It's dark, kind of chocolatey um, looking wrapper, a little rustic. It's not super smooth, a little rustic, a little leathery. Um, has some veins, mostly firm overall feel with with a few little soft spots in there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you feel it firm with a few soft spots, you get a little worried about how it's going to smoke, burn. right? Yeah, yeah. So when it hits the soft spots, obviously you think the, the air is going to flow a little freer there. Are we still talking about cigars? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't pass it up. I love it. I love it. Uh, Look what happened now. He's I'm going to give this to you. you he's earned, he's earned level one guest status already. See, you should have been here last year when we were talking about last week when we were talking about putting whiskey bo- pods in your butt. Whiskey pods in your butt. Yeah. Oh my, that was, that was amazing. So uh, the <laughs> oh yeah. So the uh, Honduran binder, Dominican Honduran Nicaraguan filler. Um, uh, the pre-late sniff on this was chocolate and mocha, a little earthy, a little leathery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really nice. It smells good. 
Um, I would wear it as cologne. It was, I, I love that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the pre-light draw, I used punch, uh, as is my uh, go-to. Medium draw on it, not super open draw, but uh, medium draw, not unpleasant at all. Uh, rich earth, leather, chocolate, hints of coffee and citrus, and fruitcake. Mm, yeah, cake. I mean, definitely fruitcake on this thing. It was it really, was, yeah, really fruitcake, though. I was, it was one of those where I was sitting there puffing on an unlit cigar thinking, what is that? I know that so flavor. Was and it then like, fruitcake popped in Was it the dried fruit? Type of flavor, was yeah, it the yeah, baking it was a, a little spice? bit of a little bit of all of those things. Oh, it really wow. just was like fruitcake. It was and and citrus, which is it was, but you're strange. you're saying fruitcake in a good way. Yes, yes. Which I'm not a big fan of fruitcake, but I mean this had a little bit of that going on. Um, it left a very uh, sweet flavor on my lips too. This is not a this is not like the Drew Estates where they're um, they're flavored cigars at all or anything like that. This this was all natural, but it left a, a little bit of sweetness on my lips from the wrapper, which was mm. really, really interesting. Cool. The very natural kind of uh, sweetness to the wrapper. The initial light was big chocolate uh, and tangy earth with, with pepper and spice at the back of the palate, which was pretty interesting. Nice. A little bit of pepper, but that spice, more like your baking spice like you're talking mm-hmm. about uh, mm-hmm. earlier. The first third of this cigar, um, chocolate, fruitcake, way up front, citrus right behind it, earthy went to, with a hint of toast and leather behind it. This was coming in at about a medium strength. Um, if you're not into very big cigars, this is not a bad cigar to go into because of the sweetness smooths out. Smooths out the bigness. Uh, the, yeah. the, full flavor, the fullness of the flavor. So this is not a bad idea if you're going to it, especially like I, I didn't have this with a uh, – I had this with coffee, which went – very very well, but uh, if I was going to have this with a beer, it'd have to be a, a big robust porter or uh, something that uh, if it because if it was too delicate, it would get a little buried by all the mm-hmm. chocolate and mm-hmm. fruit going on in this. Um, the uh, the uh, the ash was a little flaky. Perfect burn on it though, absolutely perfect burn. Looks uh, great in the photo. Yeah, the yeah. flaky ash is going to come into uh, uh, play in just a minute here. The second third of this cigar, m- still more chocolate coffee, fruity sweetness with tangy citrus, flaky ash, of course, dropped right on my pants. Of course you know. it did, yeah. It did, it had to. Perfect burn. Like, the burn was like nice. a razor all the way across this thing the whole way down. It was absolutely fantastic. The last third of this, um, more fruitcake and chocolate coming through, uh, a little more mocha, a little bit of the uh, pepper ramped up in towards the very end, but, you know, just enough to add interesting uh, notes to the flavor. The sweetness remained the entire time. It started getting... Um, a, a little bit more robust there, but right towards the very, very end of this, and I smoked it down so it was just about burning my fingers. Nice. This was a this was a nine dollar cigar. Look at that wrapper, by the way. This was a nine dollar cigar uh, off the shelf. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. I'm going to give it a five and a half. Um, definitely five, but maybe a five plus, just because I just enjoyed it tremendously. At nine dollars. That's that's a steep price uh, for yeah. uh, for a cigar this size, but you know what? I wasn't upset with with paying that much. So that's good. Uh, five and a half on that. I love it. Uh, pretty happy with it. I will buy more. Nice. Just just for the logo, it gets the, the plus. logo. Yeah. It gets the plus yeah, look, just for the logo. In that last picture, I'm smoking it so small. Look at the size of my finger right <laughs> next to it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, um, my cigar uh, that I want to talk about this week, uh, I'm I'm not going to bury the headline on this. I'm just going to say it up front. I smoked a great cigar this week. A great cigar. A great cigar. Um, it made me totally happy <clears throat> on two fronts. Uh, first, 
uh, I'm always happy when I have a great cigar. Yeah, yeah. And second, I've been hoping for more than a year that when I finally got to smoke this, it would be awesome. And it was. So you've been cellaring this one? No, I've been waiting for it Season to come yet. out. Oh, you've been waiting for it to come yes, out. Yes, and I've I've not right, wh- known which AJ Fernandez is this. Believe then? it or not, as much of a fanboy <laughs> as I am, it's not an AJ. It what? was this was one of my obsessions before I sort of transitioned into being the AJ fanboy. This was a Casada Oktoberfest. Ah, uh, the Casada Oktoberfest Kaiser Ludwig, twenty nineteen. Oh. So, just a little bit of history on the Oktoberfest. First of all, these were designed to be uh, easily pairable with beers. Now, they don't pair that well with IPAs, but if you go with something darker, a brown ale, a porter, uh, uh, you know, uh, something a stout, they pair up really, really nicely. And I loved the early editions of this. They they are a yearly release from right. Casada. I probably shouldn't say this live on air, but yeah. uh, I was in Stogie's yesterday, mm-hmm. and they have a couple of the 2016s left in mm-hmm. there. See, the 2016s are good. Yeah. In fact, this cigar was really, really good, with 2016 probably being the best year that they'd released. And then the 2017s came out, and they just weren't that good. I was so bummed because this is a cigar I'd enjoyed the release of every year. And the 2017s were, they were just okay. So then, and the reviews were pretty unanimous on that, by the way. It wasn't just me. Um, And then 2018 came along. They skipped it altogether. There was no Casada Oktoberfest 2018. I'm glad you've got the Halloween sound effects uh, all piped up for this week. That's good. So uh, when I heard that they were going to release a 2019... I was excited, but a little, a little nervous. Yeah, a little nervous. Um, but um, fortunately, this blend is not over. The 2019 return is good. I absolutely loved box press cigars in this ring gauge. It's it's a 46, but it's nicely packaged. It's it's dense and thick width wise, oh, yeah. and uh, fairly small from the top to the bottom. Um, and it's a beautiful cigar. Pre-light on this was earthy and smoky. In a oh, and they a, stuck with that white wrapper again too. I see. Yes, yes, they did. Uh, I used a punch. I lit it up, and then I began essentially an amazing hour of my day. It was it was just wonderful. Uh, a great blend of spice showed up as soon as I started to get the cigar on my palate, and not just pepper, but a really nice blend of spices. Kind of like when you order like a great dish at a restaurant, and the mm-hmm. chef has just really seasoned it just perfectly. That was the vibe that I got uh, from the spices in this cigar. Uh, Those spices, along with some nuttiness and a sort of a bread-like quality, kept evolving and shifting as the cigar smoke kept it all very interesting and exciting. Now, the burn on this cigar was so good that as you can see by the pictures... And you know we're, we we watch this a little bit. You know, a, there's a little bit of yeah, delay. There's a little delay from so you'll see in the next couple of pictures, this ash held on to this cigar for over half of the cigar, oh and it's gosh. not a short cigar. It's it's a nice long <laughs> six inch cigar. This ash held on for over half of the cigar. I was amazed. Look at the line on that burn too. It's oh yeah, like a razor line. Yes, too. and when it finally dropped. Which I was lucky enough that I didn't drop it on my pants, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, but when it finally dropped, two things. Number one, it, it dropped on the on the the ground, 
and, and it dropped and stayed intact. <laughs> like it didn't. It didn't like. Uh, Look at the length uh, on that. Yeah. Oh, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then I was convinced that I could have probably held it for another half inch or so if I hadn't kept you know moving it around to take pictures and stuff. And and I finally, uh, yeah, finally it did drop. The amazing spice, the complex flavors and aromas made this my favorite new cigar in a while. It was a great hour plus experience at about nine dollars. I'm going to give it a 7.5. Wow. That's how good it was. That's how good it was. I'm glad it's not a $12 or $13 cigar, but I really wouldn't have been disappointed if it was. I mean, that it, it was that good. All right, we may have to talk after the good. show about splitting a box of those because yeah. you got my mouth watering. Uh, I'm that. telling you, uh, Ian, and maybe I just had forgotten how much I loved this particular cigar from mm. the years where it was great. Because this was this was one of the first cigars that I really started buying, you know, multiple boxes of back in you know back in the time when you know you could find those, and you can still find a few of them lingering around. If I'm if I'm in a cigar store and I see some of the you know 2016s or 2015s, I'll grab them. But yeah. usually they're individuals. Usually there's not boxes left. I love the uh, the 2016, the one that was uh, shaped the Solomon mm-hmm. shape that was, and they, they basically looked like a Billy Club. And, and I love that. They've thing. got that they've got that shape in this year's lineup too. The Kaiser Ludwig's the only one I've smoked. I haven't smoked any of the other sizes or shapes. But uh, I'm telling you, this is a wonderful. Wonderful cigar, and I'm glad to be on here raving about something that wasn't an AJ. You know? <laughs> That's Just, pretty amazing, yeah, actually. Yeah, because I've you know uh, I don't want to get stuck in a rut. You know, as much as I love <laughs> AJ's cigars, I don't want to get stuck in a rut. So, all right, it's the great pumpkin beer blind taste test, Charlie Brown, and we will uh, begin the tasting. Although we're actually going to begin with the tequila. We were talking about this before the show, but that let's taste the tequila first, just so we don't. Pumpkin ourselves out and not be able to maybe appreciate some of the complexities. <laughs> like, this tequila tastes of, like pumpkin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we'll taste this Casanoble tequila, and then we also have something brand new we just got that Ian's going to show off for us coming up in the next segment. So you are uh, checking out smoking and toasting. It's, it's below the table. Our right guest now. Skeet is here, and we'll begin some taste testing next on the show. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 161. It's the great pumpkin beer blind taste test, Charlie Brown. We'll get to some pumpkin beers in a moment. Uh, our program is brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston. And in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, bacon, bacon, bacon. Don't forget about the Whiskey Sniff next week at B&B in Houston. It is next Wednesday, and it's going to be a blast. We'll talk more about that later. Now, we got this just in time for the Whiskey Sniff. It's a new, I just want to show you our new toy, and Ian's got it here. It is a brand new smoking and toasting sign. Oh yeah, and show them show them what it does, Ian. But wait, there's more. It gets better. Oh, oh yeah, That's and it awesome. does this. Oh, see, and this, and, and look how friendly this blue is. Yes. Like how friendly is that? That's, That's a friendly, friendly blue. blue. I yeah. love this one though too. But you <laughs> yeah. know what? My favorite part is yeah, we need music for this. Sup, y'all? That'd be great. That'd be great for like some Superfly music. Wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would that'd be right? awesome. So, yeah. uh, how awesome is that? So, yeah. So nice. I, that's really that's really cool. We'll be able to take that out with us when we're live, and we'll find a way to uh, post it, uh, hang it up here in the studio. Just you know, just wanted to show off the new toy because that was fun. 
That was a lot of fun. So while Ian's pouring our tequila, I want to tell you some good news for the uh, cigar lovers in the room. Uh, a bill that was introduced last month. Oh, nice. Uh, sought to dramatically increase the federal tax on premium cigars. That, be, that bill is moving forward, but it is moving forward without the tax. The House Ways and Means Committee voted 24 to 15 to approve H.R. 4425, a measure that seeks to curtail the youth vaping epidemic by establishing the first e-cigarette tax. But the uh, bill moves forward without the tax on premium cigars. Had that language stayed in the bill and it been passed, it would have amended the current tax rate to $73.85 per pound as a proportionate tax at the like rate of all fractional parts of a pound, but not less than 15 cents per cigar. It basically would have tripled the federal taxes on premium cigars. But it's moving forward without that tax hike. However... A similar version of the bill remains alive in the Senate, and the Premium Cigar Association, used to be IPCPR, now PCA, uh, has created Which is a, a little easier to remember. Yes, by the way. it's created a portal on its website that streamlines the process for contacting your elected officials to voice your uh, uh, to voice your displeasure uh, because the bill still in the Senate still has the uh, tax uh, the tax thing attached to it. But if you want to get involved, uh, just go to the um, the website for the uh, Premium Cigar Association and um, check out their portal. It makes it real easy to do the contacting. So, But good news, at least for the moment, the tax um, hike for premium cigars has been removed from the e-cigarette and vaping bill. Well, cheers. Cheers to that. Now, gentlemen, this is a Casa Nobles tequila. And Ian, maybe you could show off that, uh, that bottle there to the camera. Uh, this is an Añejo. Uh, this is something... I actually tried at a Papacitos and went and bought a bottle of so we could sample it here on the show. Your thoughts, sir? Um, if you like agave mm-hmm. and vanilla and pepper, yeah, and you like it all to be really smooth, mm-hmm. that's what you've got going on. Here. And see, I've got some caramel in there too on the on the very tail mm-hmm. end. On I the can tail. go with that. Yep. Yep. I'm tasting. Oh. I'm tasting on the front. This is. It's interesting because the the heat from this, the whiskey hug, doesn't hit you until way after. Like right now, it's hitting Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how long it takes. No, <laughs> like, no, it's, it's, Jeff, I don't know how big a tequila guy you are. How uh, how does this strike you? <coughs> Sorry. Pretty good, I guess. Um, <laughs> actually, it's a, this is a pretty good tequila. I mean, it, it doesn't have much bite on the back end. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that good or bad? For me, that's good. I don't. I don't really prefer that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's this is actually really nice. It's very smooth. Uh, smooth, a little just. It's got a certain better. sweetness to it. I mean, I would actually pour this over some ice and sip it. I will tell you this: it goes really great if you're sipping this while you're enjoying fajitas. Oh, I bet. I mean, it it just paired up beautifully I with bet. the meal. My wife and I were having fajitas at Papacitos at the bar. You know that, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And and I ordered one of these. Because I hadn't tried it, and I was like, oh, boy. That sweetness in this, mm-hmm. like the more sips I take, it kind of builds yeah. up and creates its own part of the palate, too. Yes. It's really interesting because mm-hmm. a lot of drinks don't, or a lot of a lot of spirits don't really do that. You taste what you taste and you go. This one kind of keeps building more and more of that I will tell you that dimension. When, I, when I had it with the fajitas, 
the agave wasn't as pronounced as it is when you're just sipping it uh, without that. Um, so it just goes to show you how pairing things can change yeah. your perception of the flavors so dramatically. Uh, I really, really liked it. Still really like it. But it is more agave forward than I remembered right. from when I uh, had it with the food. Well, and by that point in time, you've probably had some uh, garlicky hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. And, yeah. And they probably use garlic and butter all over the fajitas. So, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. so if you are it's a... It's going to mask the uh, flavor a little bit. There if, is a little, and I just said butter and it popped in my head. There's a little butteriness to it on mm-hmm. the aftertaste as well that I really enjoy. Yeah. Like this it's is, coating my tongue. Yeah. 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 This is... I, I think it's a very nice sipping tequila. Yes. I agree with you. Uh, it sounds like... Putting a, a cube of ice in this would be a really cool idea. Yeah, and I bet a little water would change the flavor a little bit. Yes, too. I think so. Maybe what's maybe the, smooth it out even what's more. What's the uh, price point on this bottle? This is about a forty dollar bottle. That's not bad. Mm. So a little under forty. That's actually. one of the sweet things about tequila. That sweetness is still building. I actually mm-hmm. kind of like it. You know, mm-hmm. it's interesting. It has almost a like if this doesn't make sense to you, then. Uh, it has almost a powdered sugary kind of sweetness after you've had a few sips. I I know what you're getting at. It's a it's a it's different than a sugarcane. Yes, sweetness. it's not a sugarcane bite like you get with a lot of them. It's it's more of a a very silky kind of sugary kind of thing, which might also tie into that little butteriness it has. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, at, at forty dollars, you can get some tequilas <laughs> that are just knock your socks off. It's so. yeah. It's it's around. It's a little less than a bottle of the Skelly on your yeah. And certainly about, you know, less than half the price of a, a Reserva de la Familia. Right. And I think it, it competes well with both, although, you know, the king is the king. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the way that it's going to be. So, um, All right. So um, Nick Jonas News. Uh, as some of you know, if you're a regular to the show, we've sort of adopted Nick Jonas, even though he doesn't have great taste in beer. Uh, he's a cigar guy. He loves cigars. He appeared on Cigar Aficionado as the youngest guy ever to appear on mm-hmm. the cover, and then was immediately like caused this outrage among a certain PC type persons who felt like he was leading young people to smoke. And as we've tried to point out, young people don't listen to Nick Jonas. You're you're behind now, about fifteen years there. You have kids, right? Yes. Okay. How many of them listen to? Nick Jonas. Um, well, they're both uh, teenage girls, so um, they they kind of like the Jonas Brothers. They they used to have a TV show when they were little, and uh, so they remember them. But so no, they, they don't. Them. They wouldn't. It's not a current thing for teenage girl, right? No, not really. It's yeah. it's not like what it used to be. Say, I don't know, five would, ten years ago. Yeah. Would Nick Jonas on the cover of Cigar Aficionado cause them to want to start smoking? No, no. Okay, well there you go. Okay, I, I mean, think that's about as simple see, as it gets. And I'm not a parent, so I, I don't know these things. So I'm glad right. you were here to help help. I, I I think it's ridiculous, honestly. I mean, people <laughs> people just want to get mad about something. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's, outra- uh, it's Nick outrage. Jonas. It's outrage culture. Everybody wants something to be outraged. Well, it's, it's, by. A, it's the victim. It's the victim mentality. Everyone wants to be a victim of something. And damn it, Nick Jonas, you victimized me by making me think that you make kids smoke. Or I don't know. I, well, yeah, it's, it's so it, stupid. It's like, so stupid it's, that when you well, say it, it take sounds. Take care of your own kids. Yeah. Exactly. You know what? Don't, don't have Nick Jonas babysit him, you know? That's right. So there, there's, a, there's, a whole, there's a whole victim triangle. You have the victimizer and the victim, and then the third part is, you know, uh, what I call white knights. You know, the people who, who like to swoop in and save the victim. Yeah. It's all, it's all a very big 
But you're not doing much to save the victim if you're just pointing at Nick Jonas and going, "You bad." No, but some you people know? some people need a, a victimizer to point at and say That's you're true. bad. That's I true. mean, by the way, this tequila gets better and better. It's really good. The longer you drink, you know, the more the more sips you have, each sip is a little better. I was I was and, a glutton. I had to take a whole mouthful <laughs> at the end. There's we, a whole we, bottle. Here. We have a oh, bottle. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine. I'd, so maybe in a little bit. So we've sort of adopted Nick Jonas. We gave some thought to uh, doing you know uh, some uh, we're with Nick T-shirts, uh, and then it came out that he and his brothers love Coors Light and were getting their face put on the. Coors and that Light made it can. awkward. That yeah. made it awkward. So we didn't do the T-shirts, but we still. You know, we support his right to like we're, the beer. We're he hoping likes. though that on the Nick Jonas and the Jonas Brothers Coors Light cans that it has their faces and they turn blue. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> that would be worth it. You know, if my face would turn blue on the can, I would totally want to be on a Coors Light can. Uh, Everybody has a price. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about Coors in uh, in a little bit on the show. They've had a they've had a t- they may need the Jonas Brothers to help them uh, because they uh, you know they they have not had a good year. Uh, but we'll get to that in a moment. First, some Nick Jonas news. Because we like to pass on what's going on in the life of our favorite, you know, youngster influencing cigar smoker. Um, uh, two important things that I have to tell you. Last week, when the Jonas Brothers were at the Hollywood Bowl in Los Angeles performing live, uh, during the performance, as they were playing, a fan actually reached up and groped Nick Jonas. Like groped his well, apparently his boys. hand hand on his thigh, very uh. close to the boys. Uh, so the most important thing I need to tell you is, it wasn't me. <laughs> That's the most important. I mean, I'm I'm all for supporting Nick. You were but suspiciously absent. Yeah, last I know. It was gone on the 20th and the 21st. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I know they were on a catwalk among the audience, so out like kind of in the audience, and they were performing their hit song, Only Human. And uh, there's a video that you can find on the uh, interwebs showing a fan standing behind Nick and inappropriately groping his upper leg while he sings. <laughs> you know, a security guard tried to bat the fan's hand away, as did Nick. But because she was positioned on the other side of the catwalk, she continued to grope. So, not cool. Okay. So, quick question, though. Because this is making news, apparently. Yes. Do you think Mick Jagger has ever in his career been groped while he's on stage? Uh, I think A, yes, and B, that, it, he, that he liked it. Was it news? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. 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 Okay. What about uh, what about Robert Plant? Do you think he's ever actually been yeah. you know, groped mm-hmm. while he was on stage? I'm sure. Was it news? Probably not. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we live in a, a time where everything is new, like n- the news cycle is just vicious now. How, how, Nick how Jonas is gets Dick gropes Jonas? on his leg right now. Right now. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> how, how is how old is Nick Jonas now? He's I mean, twenty eight. Yeah, let the man get groped on stage. <laughs> I mean, gosh. How inappropriate would it have been if Nick had said he liked it? See, that would have been. The most. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he did or didn't. He could never say that he did (laughs) or act like he did Uh, because that would be its own outrage. Of course, of course, that would be way more outrageous than someone groping him. That'd be a whole other thing. Nick is a grown ass man. Yeah, if he wants to get groped, let him get groped. Yeah, this tequila is delicious. Also, he's in a a business where sometimes you get groped. I guess. Mm. There's your victim right there. Mm. Nick Mm. Jonas is a victim. And he has been victimized by this poor person who was probably groping him in direct response to him smoking a cigar. I'm yeah. glad that we could be outraged about this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just wait till later in the show. I'll get I'll get Ian outraged <laughs> for sure. Yes, absolutely. All right, so we'll cover one other thing in this segment, and that is uh, the tough 
year that it's been for Molson Coors Company. Uh, the company is struggling, according to CNN Business, uh, as younger drinkers continue to shun, and I'm reading this word for word from the article now, mass-produced beer for trendy beverages. And then they go on to say, like White Claw and other spiked seltzers. On Wednesday, the company announced that it's laying off 500 workers and subtly changing its name from the Molson Coors Brewing Company to the Molson Coors Beverage Company. Because they're going to start making drinks like Mm -hmm. White Claw and Mm -hmm. others. Yep. Sales and profit were both down from a year ago. They missed Wall Street forecast. Uh, They announced a restructuring that will lead to between 400 and 500 job cuts. And they've got about 17,000 employees worldwide, about 7,300 of them in the U.S. They plan to consolidate and reorganize. And uh, their business, they say, is at an inflection point, and they need fresh new beverages. So this is really interesting to me. Now, part of this obviously is the, you know, the uh, cocktails in a can mm-hmm. trend and the spike seltzers and all of that. That's all the spike right. seltzers. Yeah. yeah. But but part of it is a real recognition that people are abandoning mainstream beer, even if the Jonas Brothers aren't. People are abandoning mainstream beer for uh, beer that's got more flavor to it. I can't believe Nick Jonas is influencing kids to drink Coors. Well, apparently he's not doing a very good job because they're having a terrible year. Like, why aren't we outraged by that? Right. We, we should get outraged. <laughs> we should get outraged. <laughs> we should get outraged. Influence them to drink better beer. Smoking oh. and toasting gets outraged. Yeah. Right <laughs> now. Right now. <laughs> so, uh, so I find that interesting. Now, we haven't heard the, uh, the yearly report, of course, for AB InBev. But AB InBev made stronger steps towards trying to expand themselves into the craft uh, beer scene. By buying up, you know, with the, the almost beers. a dozen crap, Everyone they can crap buy beers. Up. Yeah, everyone that'll sell, yeah. I think, has has gone to them uh, at this point. Uh, but not so much with Molson Coors. I think, though, if I were Molson Coors, I wouldn't change my name from the Molson Coors uh, Brewing Company to the Molson Coors Beverage Company. I'd change my name to uh, Blue Moon Brewing. Yeah, because that's their hottest. That's, now, I'm not a big fan of Blue Moon. My wife loves it. Yeah, mine uh, too. And it's a, it, you know, it's not a craft beer, but it's a craft-ish beer. Yeah. It certainly has more flavor than a Coors or a Miller. And uh, if you put a chunk of produce in it, it's uh, it's not too bad. If I go to a tailgate party mm-hmm. and there's Bud, Miller Lite, and Blue Moon, mm-hmm. I drink um, the Blue Moon. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Especially if you can put a chunk of produce in it. That makes it better. A you little know, orange, I, a little I'm grapefruit. Not a really, I'm not really a big I'm fan not, of just sticking yeah, stuff in my I'm, beer. I'm, I'm not either. I'm just, you know? I'm just being ridiculous. Uh, but I do see people, though, all the time ordering Blue Moons and putting like with, with the a chunk of blood orange in them That's or right, something. It's like, hmm, okay. Man, right. this beer is really good with a bulb of garlic. <laughs> <laughs> That might help a Coors Light. That's also gross. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> great. So that's gross. great to back up a scotch and mayonnaise. I, I just I just want to come back to this tequila. It is smoother now than it was in the earlier sips. Yes. And the flavors are rounder. They're more balanced. Uh, I'm not getting as much pepper. I'm getting more of the caramel and vanilla. And the butteriness that Ian was mentioning. It's a very it friendly. Tongue, right? Yes, yeah. yes. It's a very friendly tequila. It is. And that's awkward. 
It can be awkward. It can be. <laughs> is it groping your leg? It's not so far, but <laughs> no, no, it's awkward, not inappropriate. Oh, oh, okay. one can okay. o- one can only hope. <laughs> Very different. <Yes. laughs> All right, let's take a uh, quick break because we because it's time to do some pumpkin tasting, uh, or some pumpkin beer tasting, I should say, Woo-hoo. as we work in. So we've got eleven beers. We're going to do three in the first segment. And then four and four in the final two segments of the show. We'll pick our favorite from each grouping, and then we'll find out what those beers were. In the end, we'll each come up with our uh, five favorites on the day. Now, at that point, we'll know what they were, but we'll already have said how much we liked them or didn't like them from the blind taste test uh, point. And we'll make sure to show you all the bottles and cans, because that's that's half the fun. Did Miller make like a Clamato with... With pumpkin this no, year? No, but it, that that sounds like something you'd have to go to the doctor for. <laughs> Doesn't it? That sounds so gross. <laughs> we'll be right Clotto back. It's with pumpkin. <laughs> Smoking a toaster. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Smokin' and Toastin'. We are doing the Great Pumpkin Beer Blind Taste Test. Charlie Brown, it's a uh, it's a Halloween show. It's Halloween day. I'm, I'm not really feeling the Halloween vibe. Are you? I live in a, I live in a high-rise, so I don't my get people knocking on my door. My wife went to work today dressed as a chicken. Oh, nice. you showed me a picture. was great. Yes. So yeah. I was feeling Halloween from the minute I woke up. Oh, okay. I opened my eye, me and too. I saw a giant chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so great. Uh, the picture you showed me was priceless. Priceless. Well, that's the first um, thing you see in the morning. So this is the Pumpkin Beer Blind Taste Test on Smoking and Toasting. We are brought to you by B&B Butchers and Restaurant at 1814 Washington Ave in Houston and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth, BB Italia on Memorial in Houston, and BB Lemon on Washington Ave, plus brand new BB Creations popping up all the time. This is show number 161. We're doing a blind taste test. So uh, we asked Adam to pour these for us in a totally random order. Clearly the first one that he poured for us is not one of the lighter pumpkin ales. No, this, this is definitely looks a like stout. A, this Look at looks that. like a big mm-hmm. deal uh, stout. And it, boy, it certainly smells very, uh, I haven't tasted it yet, but certainly smells very pumpkin y. Um, yep. Very pumpkin pie, very thoughts of Thanksgiving and Halloween. Wow, that's pumpkin y. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like pumpkin pumpkin spice, yes. Wow. You are so. Oh, the pumpkin no, on it the keeps, aftertaste. It keeps going. Wait, wait just for it. Keeps there it going. Is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it almost makes me want to put some whipped cream on the top of it and yeah. drink it, you know? Once the, once the pumpkin starts to tail off, you can get some of those spices. Yes, uh, yes. Definitely baking spice, which you would expect in a, in a pumpkin beer. And this is clearly a, a, a stout. I'm, I'm going to rename this beer. This is called Pumpkin Smash Face. <laughs> <laughs> now we, um, Don't tell Chip. We, uh, we certainly know that one of the beers we're trying is the Pumpkinator. I'm going to guess this might be it. This is I could be I could be wrong I don't know. Mm. Adam's doing a good job of hiding the beers from us. I don't think this is, is so. pumpkinator. There's a lot about it that can make you think that, but I think this is a little bit too rich sweetness for pumpkinator. It's, from it's what I think. got some yeah, elements. It's, not fully attenuated. it's got some elements of chocolate in it as well, which chocolate and pumpkin are a nice uh, a nice matchup if you let think me, about let it. Let me go back because maybe it's that sort of gritty cocoa chocolate. Oh yeah, 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 that I'm yeah. getting in there. It's a, yeah. like a like a cocoa bitterness chocolate. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say this is really good. Now I don't know. Again, that's the whole thing with pumpkin beer. It's something in my mind that you have 
a few of during the season. It helps. This is sort of putting me in that Halloween Thanksgiving mood. You know what I mean? It's got that vibe about it. I'm going to start a second. I'm starting a second row on my sheet here Mm -hmm. that just says Pumpkin Smash Face. And I'm going to (laughs) start giving each one of these a number as to how Pumpkin Smash Face it is. And this one's like an eight and a half. On the Pumpkin Smash Face Index. Okay. All right. That's good. I I enjoy this. Do you enjoy this? Yes ish. It's it's a little too sweet. Like this is it's pretty sweet. This is like it's nice for a taste, but I'm pretty sure that after a glass of this I'd be very sick of it. Well, again, that that just speaks to me about what pumpkin beers are like. I'm not necessarily interested in sitting down and drinking several at a time, although that's what we're gonna do on the show today. But but it's it's more about yeah, it's more about having one. You know what I mean? I was gonna say, yeah, dip dip back in for a second and third taste. Uh it seems like the pumpkin is, is Less prevalent. Mm-hmm. The initial, yeah, the initial taste was it was really strong, but the second and third ones for me. What um, What'd you think? Did you like this? No, not really. Okay, I mean it's all right. Uh, I wouldn't. I would not turn it down, and I would probably I, drink it for free. But. I'd drink half a glass of it, but I don't know if I'd reach for it again. Hmm. Very interesting. All right. This one is our next one. Uh, no, this one, Ian, is your next one. Oh, that one's the next yep. one. Yeah. Yep. We're uh, and this one Look clearly at me jumping ahead to the darker. Yeah. Beer. This one clearly is not a this stout. Is obviously, <laughs> an ale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I hope the bigness of that stout doesn't uh, negatively impact the ability to taste this uh, this ale. That's why I brought some water in today. Mm-hmm. To now, see, this one has a little pumpkin on the nose, but it actually mm-hmm. smells a lot more like beer than pumpkin. Yes. Mm. Well, this it's more of a fresh pumpkin smell versus it certainly is. Yes, oh, this yeah, this has a lot of that light pumpkin, like you said, fresh pumpkin. It's almost like being in the pumpkin yes. patch yeah. as yeah. opposed to uh, a pumpkin pie. Yeah, you know that, I mean? the the previous one it it definitely had a yeah more of an artificial pumpkin. It's kind of like a canned pumpkin or pumpkin pie smell mm-hmm. to it. But mm-hmm. this one definitely smells like a, like a fresh pumpkin. It's good, but it, it is a it, it's 180 degrees from the last beer we had. Just completely. Yeah, I had different. To, I had to wash my mouth out yeah, with it, the I was with say, my other drink there. It takes a um, couple of of drinks into this, I think, to really get the flavor. We did one. Uh, was it last year or year before? We did one from. I can't remember the uh, I can't remember the uh, brand, but I remember it had um, a sailing ship on it, and. Um, and it tasted a little more like the pie crust a little bit. This has some oh, of that. Oh, uh, it was the one from uh, from Maine, from Shipyard. Shipyard Brewing that yes. was really good. Shipyard, their pumpkin ale is famous in the New England area. Yeah, I remember this, from when I lived this up there. This has some of that, some mm. of that element to it. I like this. This is, but I this think, is this, very drinkable. This reminds yep. me of the smell that permeates the room when you're carving a pumpkin. Yes, yes. yes. It's not a it's not a baked pumpkin uh flavor at all. Raw, like a raw uh, pumpkin. Yeah, yeah, more like a raw pumpkin flavor. And that surprises me because I'm expecting pretty much all these beers to have that sort of baking spice pumpkin pie kind of vibe to them. And this doesn't have any Just of that. Just so at you all. know on the uh, pumpkin one. smash face number, yes. it gets a two. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say this is not, not a big pumpkin, pumpkin smash, smash face, face at all. But it but is that's lacking a, like the nutmeg and cinnamon type right. of spice flavors. It, it's a completely different. But I like it because experience. this this to me is very beer. It's very beer with a little bit of flavor yeah. to it. It doesn't have to taste like a pumpkin pie, in my opinion. Yeah. Wow. Very very interesting. I'm guessing this will be very unique 
among the pumpkin beers that we try today. You know what that last one had? It just popped into my head. The mm-hmm. flavor that I was that I was thinking because it's so cloying is mincemeat. Mincemeat. I don't know like if mincemeat. I don't know if mincemeat and beer are a thing. You know what I mean? But like, that last one had some of that. That's it's it's kind of the same baking spices. I know what things. you're talking about. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. It All actually right. reminds me of a, a cucumber wit that I had. I don't recall who the brewer was, but that's interesting. I'm, a, I'm not getting the cucumber in there. No, not 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 necessarily the cucumber, but it, it's got a weird refreshing. Um, it is very refreshing. That one was good. You don't think of a pumpkin beer as potentially being a really refreshing. Mm, that's what reminded me of that yeah. cucumber wit that I had. It was strange. All right, so we'll move on to beer number three. We're only doing three in this segment. We'll do four <coughs> uh, in the next two segments, and uh, this oh, one clearly this is definitely a stout. This is clearly a bigger beer as well. So fascinating. Oh, you can. Oh, that smells. Oh. And it smells like coffee too. I was going to say this is much more like coffee, than, coffee than the first uh, pumpkin stout was that we had. So, oh, this is good. Now this is just a completely different flavor from the first pumpkin stout. I'm assuming one and See, three here were. And I don't stouts. get a lot of pumpkin spice in this. Well, I, I don't get, either. Again, I get more graham cracker crust in this. Mm-hmm. And it's very late in the in the in the flavor. I get a lot of coffee. I get a lot of graham cracker. Huge coffee up front. I'm not getting hardly any pumpkin flavor. I, off of I this. agree. I'm I'm kind of struggling to find the pumpkin, but the graham cracker is there that that Ian's mm-hmm. pointed out, and that makes you think a little bit of a pumpkin pie. There's maybe some pumpkin spices. A very like at the very end and way way back on the end of my tongue over here. It's um, but that graham cracker prevails. I like this one a lot. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, that Grand Breaker. This is one that if if you had a bomber, we would definitely finish that bomber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The previous one, I don't know that I would have. Okay, so what I'm thinking is that as uh, uh, make your notes, we'll all say what our favorites were, and then we'll reveal what these three beers were, and we'll have Adam hand us the bottle or can so we can show that as we go. So, uh, Ian, are you ready to pick your faves? Out of that? Out of those three, yeah. Yeah, rate it one fave or two faves? Rank them one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, and uh, uh, I didn't ask you on the the pumpkin smash face. Oh, index. that one gets a two because a I two. don't I don't get a lot of pumpkin. I get coffee, I get graham mm-hmm, cracker, mm-hmm. but I'm not getting a lot of pumpkin spice. Right. So wait on the. It's I, I'm I'm getting it on way way after I've swallowed. Way way like on the retro you, hail. Yeah, a you're bit. absolutely right. It, there is a little hint of it there. That's where I'm getting it it's, the most. It's yeah. one of the least pumpkiny pumpkin beers, and I've I ever like had. it I mean, for that reason. That yeah. first that first <laughs> one we tried. I mean, that one smelled like I was standing in front of Gallagher. Oh yeah, doing his live show on Halloween. Right. You know, and it was. A and the pumpkin, second one, the second one smelled like you were carving a pumpkin. Yeah, it had a great uh, aroma. Yeah, and then, yeah. and then this one is the least pumpkiny mm. of them all. So, Ian, one, two, three. What's your pick? Oh, uh, from favorite to least favorite yes. would be yes. uh, three, two, one. Actually. All right. So this one's so your favorite. This one's my favorite. Followed by the one that was very the, fresh the pumpkin ale that we had before, and, and then, then three would the be the first favorite. one. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Skeet. What do you think? Well, I'm a little bit torn. Uh, number two definitely had the pumpkin flavor and aroma, mm-hmm. which I didn't mind at all, and I hate that stuff. But uh, number three was, I mean, it's just a delicious beer. Yeah. And I am partial to stouts and darker beers. But uh, 
as far as drinkability goes, I would say three, two, one. That's a, a a contingent for being in CCSD, right? You have to be partial to stouts and darker beers. No, no, not no. Really, I'm, not I'm really. just joking. I just just this one guy a, who loves IPAs as time. much as you do. Okay, all right. I, I just I, I have to. Know. But I'm really torn between two and three. I mean, two is two's two's a, mm-hmm. a solid beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as representing a pumpkin beer goes, I think it does it best. Ian, your thoughts on uh, you were going to uh, maybe looking at something in the oh no I was uh, in the show notes. Uh, Wiki Brian is on fire on the comments. He's here. awesome. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's cracking me up. Uh, and he said quite a few things. I just like to catch up on what was uh Oh, earlier when we were talking about the the cold activated can, he goes, "Want your face to turn blue? Hold your breath." <laughs> <laughs> he just mixed. He I'm also hearing, named it. It was Shipyard Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Oh, yeah, yeah that you. was the yeah. One. And I remember the artwork on the bottle is like the um, the yes, Ichabod Crane. It was Buffalo Bayou Cucumber Wit guy riding on the horse with holding yes. his pumpkin head. Yeah, he's headless horseman and he's holding. the Yes, pumpkin head. I remember that now. Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Shipyard, by the way. Man, one of the great stuff. Drunkest I've ever been was drinking beer at Shipyard. Wow, at their brewery. Wow, <laughs> uh, that was that was quite an experience that I remember. Uh, I'm going to say my number one would be beer number two. The uh, the sort of fresher pumpkin. Uh, I'll go with beer number three as a two and beer number one as a three. So what's consistent with all of our. Uh, Rankings here is that the very first beer we tried actually wound up being the third uh, of the three yes, the for all favorite. three of us, and then we were kind of split on both. You guys actually picked number three as your number one, uh, I, I, but you said it was you said it was really close. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really close. And I and I picked number two. So that was an interesting segment, Adam. Let's see what we rated. Uh, start with that uh, very first beer, the one that we picked uh, third. Uh huh. All right. So I don't know which camera's on. Prairie. Maybe. Ian, you yeah, should, that's the Prairie Artisan ah, Ales. That's an Imperial that's Stout with pumpkin. Becky. Yeah, that's basic Becky. Imperial Stout with pumpkin, cinnamon, allspice, nutmeg, coriander, clove, and caraway. We certainly got all of those flavors in there, for yes. sure, even if I didn't name them all. I didn't mention caraway. I should have. And honestly, with a name like Basic Becky, <laughs> I think they nailed it. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed that That one's beer. at 11%, by the way. Even though yeah. I ranked it third of the three, I enjoyed that beer. No, I'm no, a, yeah, I think I'm a fan good. of Prairie because they like to do over-the-top stouts. And, yeah. they're, and they're not afraid to try anything. They're ridiculous. Yes, and they're they kind of like dogfish head in that way. They, they don't... I've never seen Prairie do anything at a medium level. They're, yeah. they're like no, it's on all 11. Out. Yeah. It's all out. It's on 11 every time. But uh, but my least favorite in this particular uh, situation. All right, Their Adam, birthday bomb is amazing. Though. Show us yes. beer number two. Oh, I oh, see it number coming. Two. Uh, beer oh, number two the is uh, the uh, Wick for Brains Pumpkin Ale from Nebraska Brewing Company. Oh, Ian, show that to the camera. Yeah. yeah. That, that one was nice. That was really Look at that surprising. artwork. But it, it's interesting. This is a case where the artwork totally does reflect the flavor of what the beer was like. Because that's got more of a pumpkin patch look to yes. it, yes, it was than very a pumpkin much pie a pumpkin look. Right? Our classic and painstakingly created fall pumpkin ale, real pumpkin lends a sweetness and a true pumpkin flavor not found in many pumpkin ales. They're uh, right about that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful pumpkin pie spices uh, intertwine in a in our amber ale creates a rich pumpkin seasonal elegantly crafted at 6.1 percent this is an outstanding beer i have to give them much props on it and i can see from the top it's got my favorite kind of canned beer i top, love the one where the tops. whole top comes where the off. whole top comes off that's awesome they did that at southern star for a while and then 
I haven't seen him do it. Yeah, lately, I don't know why more companies. I guess maybe I because think it's an expense, maybe. Well, yeah. no, I don't think so. I think it's a. It's it's once you pull that off, what do you do with it? So it's like remember the pop tops that people oh, used to cut their toes yeah. on. Right, that like, may be true. They just throw I them just on the ground. I just aged myself, but you know. <laughs> um, and I think that it's maybe because there is that extra garbage, whereas your regular tops don't have that. But I've seen tops too that have bigger, wider things. This though is my favorite style of can top. I actually have. Uh, I actually have a glass that I got from a brewery that's oh, shaped yeah. like that. Oh, nice, yeah. The, and I love that glass. Well, what I like just, about it is, particularly for certain styles of beer, it gives you, if you're drinking it out of the can, which I don't like to do, the, it gives you right. more of a of a, a real beer uh, well, tasting see, experience. that I can drink directly out of the can. Right. With a regular can, I generally... Like to pour it into a glass because yes. I like the nose. I like Absolutely. all those right. things, mm-hmm. and I like the way I like to, I like it to be aerated a little bit and and and, and right get more of those flavors. Right. But you so see this, the head then also when you right when you have it in and glass. you know you know yeah. what what yeah. is there. Yeah. Uh, so this was the beer I picked at number one. Both of you guys picked it at number two, and then we all picked the first beer at number three out of the three. Uh, the final beer both you guys picked as number one. I picked as number two. Adam, show us what we're clown dealing shoes. with. Oh, shoes. it's clown <laughs> shoes, baby. This is the Gordo Imperial I love their artwork. Pumpkin Stout. Oh, it's the best. Bro- uh, brewed with spices and aged in uh, bourbon barrels, I believe is what it says. The first time uh, I ever saw clown shoes was at the Galveston uh, Brewmaster Festival, and they had a little uh, a little booth there. And uh, all the other booths were so busy, and clown shoes had nobody, and I walked up. And they just had a few of their, uh, they had their uh, muffin top and a few other of their beers. Muffin and top's I, a great beer. Yeah, and I stood there and tried them, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I tried them. I tried them. And everybody, I like, they were so good that I couldn't stop telling people about it. And by the middle of the day, you couldn't get near their booth. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. That's you awesome. You couldn't even get near their booth. But for the first couple hours, I kept going back there going, can yeah. I have some can more? Can I have some more? Yeah. Some more? yeah. Uh, I, awesome. I first found out about Clown Shoes. Shopping at uh, a Specs. It wasn't the big Specs downtown. It was uh, the one over on uh, Richmond Ave uh, near the Galleria. And they had some lined up mm. on their shelf there. Some bombers. And I, I bought it just because of the can artwork. Oh, yeah. It's great. Uh, and, can oh, artwork. actually, I, I should say the bottle artwork. At that time, they were all in bottles. Now, right. they've, now they've released them in cans. But uh, their artwork is just so good and so comic book ish, oh, yeah, yes. which I love. Yes. Yeah, so this I one is at a 10%. Love. Yeah, I believe it. Imperial Pumpkin Stout. Uh, Let's see, brewed with spices and aged in bourbon barrels. So, yeah, you're getting so much of the bourbon barrel in there and the pumpkin spices in the background. But, man, what a great beer. Definitely my favorite out of the three. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was a good segment, I think, uh, enjoying some three very different, even though there were two stouts out of the three, everything was very different in that segment. So yes. it wasn't like we had things. I'm curious because I think there's a lot more ales in our 11 uh, beers then there are stouts, so it'll be very interesting to see if we have a segment that's got a lot of ales in it, how they all compare to each other. This is uh, a great start. You know, yeah. I I just have to tell you, Wiki Brian is on here, and he's just going on and on. I did invite him to this show. Oh, you did? I did. Uh, it's a shame he couldn't make it. Not No, no offense to Jeff, of course. but uh, I'm glad he didn't make it, because look, Brian, I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll take a break and be right back with more Pumpkin Beer Blind Taste Test. Love you, Bo. Uh, it is Smoking and Toasting Show number 161. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Show number 161. This program is all about craft beer, 
uh, fine spirits and hand rolled cigars. We are doing the uh, craft beer or the I'm sorry the the great pumpkin beer blind taste test, Charlie Brown. It's the great uh, pumpkin beer blind taste test, Charlie Brown. Now, show number one sixty one. We're brought to you by B and B Butchers and Restaurant eighteen fourteen Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. Just want to take a quick minute to invite you all to join us there on Wednesday. There being the Wednesday uh, the sixth, the the uh, Houston location. You have less than a week. Uh, it's it's gonna it's my favorite thing of the entire year. It's the whiskey sniff, and it's our second year for this, and it's going to be so much fun, so much fun. I can't wait. We are going to have a good time. With All this. right, Ian, I got a name for you to write down. Tyler Dawson. That guy sucks. I can tell by the headline. Tyler Dawson writes for the National Post, which is a Canadian newspaper, and here's the headline. You ready? Stop glorifying craft beer. It's overpriced and still bad for you. I'm just going to read you a little bit of this article, and then I'm going to turn the mic over to you. Big Beer is blaming a downturn in product sales on younger drinkers who aren't all that keen in slurping down mass market brews. Molson Coors Brewing Company said on Wednesday is going to cut some four or five hundred employees and pivot towards above premium products and other beverages. Uh, and then it goes on to uh, to quote um, the CEO of uh, Molson Coors saying blah 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 the company's latest results, the, how they're going to change. And then the author, our friend Tyler Dawson, says, "Great." So now we can all pay a fortune for gross beer. The thing is, there's a lifestyle dedicated to craft beer. I'm still reading here. It's not quite like the wine spectator or cigar aficionado crowd, but it's nearly as obnoxious. What it is, though, is fashionable veneer for drinking too much. And people have found a way to make it a thing or their thing, thereby making it okay to drink. It's very much a different thing to sit on the couch in your backyard and suck back eight PBRs in an evening than it is to stop by the craft brewery for a handful with your friends on the way home. One is recognized rightly as a problem. The other is trendy. That taverns are now breweries, the beer is now a revolving artisanal experience, that you take tours of brewing setup that, take, that took literally that look literally the same in every brewery everywhere, is a sure sign that something is attempting to be better than it is. Whether you're getting greased on Coors Light or something so hoppy it makes you thirstier, it's all the same in the end. And some 40% of Canadians are higher-risk drinkers. That pint you have in the brew pub is actually worth 1.5 standard drinks, so it's easy to hit your limit of three drinks a day for women and four for men that leads you over the threshold of risky drinking. Then he says, look, Smoking a cigar instead of a pack of cigarettes has a touch of class about it. That doesn't make it good for you. Whether you're sculling a $1.50 can of beer at home or $10 a pint in a brewery doesn't make any difference either. Younger generations would do well to remember that. Ian. May I interject before you get started? Yeah. (coughs) Tyler can suck it and I would uh, (laughs) throat punch him if he was standing here right now. (laughs) All right. That's all I have to say. So, uh, So why? Ian, jump so, in. So, first off, Tyler, get a life and stop worrying about other people's, okay? Thank you. Um, deal with your own, and if you are, then it must be nice to have such an amazing life that the only thing you have left to think about is what everybody else is doing. All right. Now that I'm beyond that, let's talk about a few of the points that he has in there, okay? Okay. He talks about... Uh, smoking a cigar looks more elegant than smoking a pack of cigarettes. Now, you inhale every puff of a cigarette times right. 20 mm-hmm. in a pack of cigarettes that costs about the same as a decent cigar. You do not inhale 
a cigar. And most cigar smokers don't smoke daily. So what do you think is better for you in the long term? And even if you did smoke a cigar a day, you're not inhaling it and you're not getting the in amount of nicotine that you would get right. in a cigarette. So mm-hmm. comparing that is kind of like saying... I don't even have a good comparison for that, but uh, that's 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 not even like that's so stupid. It's on it's it's not even on my mental radar. Okay. Um, the next thing is craft beer. Um, people like craft beer. That's why it's trending. Right. It's not um, trending because it's some not some ad agency is pushing it as an agenda. It's not also a brand new trend. There is no gigantic media machine making this trend. Right. Um, and so, therefore, I can only assume that people probably, that the people you're talking about probably like <laughs> to hang out at their local brewery, mm-hmm. probably enjoy it where it is. Now, is it less healthy? Well, maybe. I would assume that most people that are drinking craft beer don't sit there and count the amount of beers that they drink but probably go by a the way they feel or how much money they've spent which in both cases would definitely be a limiting factor as to how many craft beers you drink now do you think for instance for one minute that someone who sits back and crushes 15 pbrs is going to sit back and crush um, 15 dogfish heads? No, no it's no not going to happen. You can't do it. And therefore, like to see it happen, your though. whole point <laughs> your whole point about that is moot. Mm-hmm. And as far as approaching your three person li- your three beer limit per day and what's safe for people, um, do you think you're the one that should regulate that for everybody out right, there? Right. Do you think Tyler. that your government should regulate how many beers that you should have? Oh, he's wait, Canadian. He's Canadian, he's right? Canadian. Yeah. Ah, okay. Gosh, you guys got great mountain biking up there. I don't want to get banned from. <laughs> They're really nice people, except for this Tyler guy. Yeah. <laughs> this, well, this Tyler guy. Well, you know, here's the thing: when you put when you put out media like that, you're not as accountable. Like mm-hmm. people can only put stuff down on paper. You're not really that accountable. Well, you know? it is interesting to actually look at the comments that have come out in in this article. So, if I maybe before we get to the comments. Bo put a comment, uh, Nick Jonas versus Tyler, cage match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would pay big money. Go, oh, yeah. Wiki that'd Brian. Be great. That'd be you great. know, I might actually grope Nick Jonas in that match. Like, <laughs> so, uh, that, I, I might actually do that. So here's, uh, here's a message to Tyler Dawson, okay? Because you don't like craft beer, you want other people to be in your neighborhood. Now, my question is, do you like beer? Because it doesn't sound like you like beer at all. And if you right. do, you probably do like some rather big macro brew. You probably drink Molson. Or because you're Canadian, or otherwise you drink Bud Light or Miller Light. But Molson, it's terrible, too. Like, that's terrible, <laughs> terrible beer. It is awful. Like, drink beer with flavor. And Molson comes in a green bottle most of the time, if yeah. I remember correctly, I and therefore is right. usually skunky. It's just one step it's above a clear bottle. terrible. Ian Argente in the comments to the article says, Have we not, as a society, become culturally sophisticated enough or suitably intellectually advanced to have put a bounty on these anti-alcohol, wine-whinging, beer begrudgers, or at least enough to send them to re-education camps in the Yukon or the Po Circle or the salt mines of Manitoba can where they st- can hurt no one? Also, <laughs> why do you care? Right, right. Like, Mr. Tyler Dawson, why do you care if someone drinks more than three drinks in a day? Why is it your problem? Dallian. The question is, do you not have anything else to do with your life? 
Dalian and K uh, yeah, says, I disagree with this author. I like craft beer. Saying that it's all the same is completely wrong. If you're going to say that, how do you justify the food you eat? You might as well find the cheapest nutritious thing because, quote, it's all the same in the end. Right. So you eat McDonald's and you drive a Civic, right? Yeah. That's all there is to it because those are the two most popular things out there, as far as I can tell. My best, my favorite quote, or my favorite uh, comment is from Chris Doms, who writes, they'll let anyone write an article these days. What an awful piece of journalism. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not even so journalism. It's like all that opinion. Guy. That yeah. guy is all right. It's yeah. all opinion. Right. And it's it's not even an opinion that offers any kind of other side of it. It's all, this is my opinion, and this is the way it is in right. my mind. And you can well, hear the snideness in his comments. Well, w- what I loved about that article is when I found it, I knew it would get you going. And that's that's my favorite thing on the show is when you get rolling. Tyler Dawson, me and you should have a beer. Oh, wait, no. I'll have a beer. You'll have a Molson. It'll yeah. be different, but that's okay. We can talk over it, and then I'll walk away, and I will laugh because nothing you say will matter to me. All right, now back to pumpkin beers, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and we have four of them to taste this segment. So oh, wait, is that what this show is about? We could, we could talk about Tyler for a long time. Wait, about- all these pumpkin beers taste exactly the same. That's what Mr. Dawson oh, says. Oh, that's right, and it doesn't matter in the it end. It doesn't matter in the end. Okay, yeah. Well, let's just end the show then. Thank you for watching. See you later, goodbye. And listening. And uh, I, I believe we have eight more beers to taste. I believe we do. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you invited me for <laughs> beer, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drink some beer. All right, so this one looks like an ale. Smells like an ale, uh, and I'm what is that? What actually am I getting very, on the nose? Exci- very excited to taste. Yeah, what are we getting? I'm there's getting a, a little. There's a funk on the nose. Mm-hmm. This is the uh, you pumpkin is something Ooh. else. There's a very interesting flavor going on here. There is definitely pumpkin here, particularly like a few seconds after the finish. You get that's when the pumpkin oh, really this is comes. Definitely pumpkin, kind of roaring back. I think. But this has got, as you said, a funkiness. This this tastes more like a farmhouse ale. I wonder if this might be the Schwartz beer. It's dry that's, too. That's definitely my guess. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was just writing that down. Um, I'm liking it. How's it do on the uh, uh, pumpkin in your face uh, index? What what is that? It gets again? a five on the on the pumpkin smash face. Pumpkin smash face. Quotient. Thank you. Yes. Uh, uh, index. I, I like this. Uh, this has got a little bit of that farmhouse quality to it. But the pumpkin kind of keeps it down to earth, keeps the funk from getting out of control, I guess, is a good way to put it. It's interesting because it's got a little sour to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like this. Like, this is this is a discussion beer. This is like something you get in a uh, bomber and you sit around and share with people and talk about. Um, right, right. This is good in the fact that it's so interesting. Uh, it's also a pretty good beer. I don't know how much of this I could drink all at once. That might be a challenge I'm willing mm-hmm. to accept. But <laughs> well, me. you're always up for a good challenge. I like that. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? <clears throat> Let me get another one. I, I, I like uh, I like getting the second one. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because you got to keep trying it, and it's got. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Waiting. Yeah. Waiting. So um, actually, I actually like this one quite a bit. There's a little bit of pumpkin on the nose. It's it's nothing but beer up on the the front end. Mm-hmm. And then it it trails off into a, a really light pumpkin kind of finish, but yeah, I mean, there is a pumpkin finish for sure. There's a little sourness to it that just I really a slight like. sourness. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the funk. It's the farmhouse kind of funk like a, is what I like to say. It's it's like a Mexican lager <clears throat> sourness, sourish, yeah, sourness. But yeah. I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? I, I I'm betting all Mexican lagers have that that certain 
sour flavor. Yes, too. yes. I'm betting this is the. You know what? Beer. They won't have that sourness if you stop putting lime in them. <laughs> I won't put lime in my in my Mexican lager, sir. How dare you? I will put lime in a tecate. That'll be the only one. See, I yeah. never I never harm fruit when I'm drinking beer. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just find those to be two separate things. Mm-hmm. Like I can slay fruit, I can drink bitter, but I don't generally do it together. Honestly, the I, pumpkin flavor is so light on this. I think if you serve right. this up to people and didn't tell them anything about it being a pumpkin ale or a it pumpkin is, anything. It they, is definitely not no, a heavy pumpkin. I right. want this to go with turkey, though. I bet this would be Ooh. amazing with turkey Some cranberry dressing. sauce. Oh, mm. man, I bet this would just mm. be. All right, I'm liking, this is, this I'm is liking going your up ideas, Ian. Two check marks. Cause I'm liking your ideas. All right, we move to uh, pumpkin beer number two for this segment. And this one's got. This is a porter. Uh, so it's say got a, a darker porter, brown look to porter it. Or a brown? I'm going brown ale, maybe. I'm going brown ale, but let's see. I'm not getting much at all on the nose. Are you? Yeah, there's almost nothing on the. Okay, that's different. I think it's, I'm a, actually, I think it's a porter. I'm actually going to have a. Yet. I'm actually going to have a swig of Modelo just to try to clear the palate. You know, that's, I'm a, that's, that a, too. that's a good idea. Mm. Who knew Modelo? Modelo, by the way, has a zero on the pumpkin smash. Yes, piece. but mm. who knew that it would be our palate cleanser for the day? Okay, so there's. Okay, now I'm getting a lot more. Oh, uh, and wow, there's the pumpkin. It's a little pumpkin, but just on the smell, I'm getting more. I'm not getting anything on the nose. I changed my mind. It's not a porter. This is a this is a brown. Mm-hmm. No, this is a lager. You think it's a dark lager? It's a dark lager. I mean, uh, I'm getting some. Uh, I'm getting some roasted notes, like it's a brown. It does have some roastedness to it. Yes. And roasted pumpkin. You know what's great? Roasted pumpkin seeds. Have you ever like just sat and ate uh, roasted yeah. pumpkin seeds? Oh, uh, so you know, good. I get almost no nose on this. Mm-hmm. And um, I like it though. I love the bitter on the end. The bitter yes. tastes like that's my favorite thing about this is the bitter on the end. Pumpkin caramel. Uh huh. Yes. Crusty stuff. But this is not a pumpkin pie tasting. No. Um, pumpkin no, it's beer not. at all. This is a the, the pumpkin is way up front. And it lasts all of about a second, mm-hmm. and then it, it trails off into all those roasted notes, and then the uh, and that sort that of brown brown ale sort yeah. of flavor. Yeah, it's that's, what, that's what I'm getting. I'm putting this down as a burnt lager, a burnt, burnt lager. lager. All right, and <laughs> that's, the pumpkin, that's not a bad way to describe it. And the pumpkin <laughs> smash good. face factor. Uh, it gets like a like a four because it's not okay. a lot of pumpkin. There's a little there, um, and it, it's it's not crushing my face. Like if the first one that we tried Sorry. is the very first one that we tried is the uh, control for this, which I put as an eight point five. Mm-hmm. None of these have even come close to that one yet. Oh, agreed. Yeah, even the clown shoes didn't come close to that. And clown that was, shoes that was, was pretty, very low. That was pretty in your face, though. Yeah, really. Well, the the clown mo- shoes was more coffee. Yeah, though. no, you're right. The most in your face was the very first one, no question. You know, though, this has such a great crispy finish on it. That I kind of enjoy it and want to keep drinking it. It's, yeah. it's really an interesting I could definitely, thing. I, I could definitely drink that over and over again. And this would go with a cigar pretty well. Ian, how are you on brown ales in general? Assuming, Love brown ales. Assuming this is a brown Dude, ale. I just had a four-pack of the uh, Underground Mountain Brown from Founders. Mm, yeah. That's Founders. so good, I want to put it on my nipples, and they're not even sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the quote of the show. Uh, uh, you can go ahead and pull that one out, and we'll use it later. 
Um, <laughs> we should make a t-shirt out of that one. Yeah, that's a t-shirt. Like for that sure. stuff's so good. That's so good. I want to put it on my nipples, and they're not even sensitive. That's I right. Get that right? <laughs> that's, uh, right. that's great. All right. So um, because we have four to Sometimes sample here, things. let's move on to beer number three. And uh, again, I'm going to do the Modelo as yeah. a palate cleanser. Modelo, yeah, that's a good idea. And thanks, by the way, to Adam on the Wheels of Steel, who's doing a really good job serving these up and, and making sure we don't know what it is we're tasting. He's making me drink so fast. I know. He's he's like that. I've 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 partied with him, I'm he's, telling he's you. He's the pusher. Is yeah. he trying to take advantage of me later? <laughs> no, that's Nick Jonas. Oh. Now I got that I can remember that Steppenwolf song. I got that stuck in my head. Mm. That one I'm your pusher. <laughs> wow. Okay, this is this one's totally different. Oh, this one's got a lot more pumpkin. Yeah, it's on the nose. Mm-hmm. This is an ale. This one is the most carbonated of all the ones we've had, I think, so far. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Uh, I get kind of a rotten pumpkin on the nose. Mm. Overripe is what we call yeah, it. Yeah, overripe. More friendly. Do you get I'm that? sorry, I'm not. I'm not no, I get it actually. I'm not as well versed. Do you get that boys. on? Do you get that on the tongue as well, or is it just on the nose? Let me try it. I kind of like it though because it's overripe but not oversweet. You know yes. what has surprised me the most out of all of the pumpkin ales we've tried so far is how little they are pumpkin pie ish. Yes. You know what I mean? Because I was expecting a lot of stuff that had the spice, you know, the pumpkin pie, the Thanksgiving dinner sort of flavoring to it. And almost everything we've tried has not been that so far, including this one, by the way, which is more like. I'm going to say something to you about this particular beer. Okay. And I want you to think about it. If you took a whip beer and instead of the banana flavors that a whip beer has, you Mm -hmm. made it pumpkin flavors, Uh, that's what this is. This is like a pumpkin wit. Interesting. I can see that, yeah. To me. Yeah. It, like, because it has. Maybe this is the Schwartz beer. Replacing those kind of estery flavors with the pumpkin, the overripe pumpkin. Because it is. It does have a little bit of that funk, a little bit of that rot kind of overripeness, mm-hmm. which I am really, really liking because it's so interesting. That's, it's, no, and it's, the way it finishes, too, it doesn't finish with a bitter crisp, it doesn't finish with. A lot of the ways that most beers finish, it finishes with this soft, mellow, like pumpkin, and you're done. Like that's it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no. It's like it's like this gentle push of pumpkin, and you're over. It's right. really, really interesting. And the retro hail on this, uh, I don't know if you've done that, but the retro hail on this is actually interesting because that's where any of the spices show up, right? And uh, and they don't show up really on the palate until way in the aftertaste or until you're breathing back out through your nose. Like when you're talking a lot like I am right now. Fascinating. Okay. Interesting. I don't know that it's one of my favorites, but it is one of the more interesting ones we've had. I would agree with you there. I don't think it's a favorite, but it's really maybe yeah. the most interesting one it's, so far. It's definitely got a weird profile. It gets a five on mm-hmm. Pumpkin Smash Face. Where are we at? <laughs> All right. We're going to go to our final beer for mm. this segment. Mm. Just an FYI, uh, Jeff, you don't actually have to finish every single beer. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, what are you, what are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> uh, one of the things that's great just, about today's I don't show, have to finish every beer. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, one of the uh, interesting things about today's show is because we're doing 
so much tasting. I thought this would be a great chance to clean out all of our old, like, unused cups. So we have all these cups of different sizes <laughs> where we've had, like, four or five of them left. And so we're we're finishing them all out today. Wow, I can't believe we started with tequila. Maybe the, we should have just... cups of unusual size. Maybe we should have done just done pumpkin beers and no spirit this time. But uh, Today's the good. day we find but out if we really like I, each other. I loved that tequila. Yeah. <laughs> or if we like each other too much. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of the show. Yeah. All right. All right, so this one I'm guessing is an ale as well. I'm getting a very, I'm getting really just sort of an ale kind of a beer uh, note on the nose. Not a lot of pumpkin, but then again, I've had a lot of pumpkin ales so far, so I may be, all right, I may be less discerning. Um, I think I just discovered what's wrong. Uh oh, I get that same overripe pumpkin uh, aroma at the nose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to wonder if maybe it's just my mustache here. Ah, oh, could be. Could no, be. it's not. This one. Oh. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I was just, I was, I was worried. I'm putting an X next to this it. one because I instantaneously don't like this one. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Now, see, I like this so far. Man, it's bitter in the front. It's bitter on the end. It's pumpkiny and weird in the middle. See, I'm going to say It doesn't really you. smell good either. I'm going to say to you. That if there were if there were such a thing as a pumpkin IPA, that's what this would be. Now I don't think we have an IPA in it's this. A, batch. I don't know if I'm going to even PPA. Yeah, <laughs> uh, this is a, you know what I'm saying because it has some of that same sort of like hoppy notes as an IPA. Yeah, I don't think pumpkin and heavy hop go well oh. together. Like this is the more I drink this, the less I like it. It's yeah, metallic. Like I feel like I need to shave my tongue a little bit. It's uh, it's metallic on the finish. Yeah, it, it big kind of reminds me of. Uh, it leaves my mouth like a stringent and weird. Tap lines that need to be cleaned. That's uh. that's what I. Yeah, so I'm not at the risk. I'm not finishing that. There you go. At the risk of sounding like I'm giving into peer pressure, I will tell you that I'm liking this less with every sip. No, it makes my teeth feel weird. I get a. It's it's very metallic on the finish for me. All right, this will be this will be a fascinating reveal. So Ian, he's not finishing this one. I'm yeah, not going to no, drink that, it. But. That's telling you. That's telling you something. Ian, uh, of the four we've just tasted, rank them one to four. Mm. Mm. All right, the very first one is number one. That one was awesome. That was what I thought was the maybe the Schwartz beer. That was the one that had a little sour to it, mm-hmm. and had a pumpkin smash face uh, index of five. Mm-hmm. The second one would be the uh, burnt lager with no nose. Which was which beer? Which number was two? The that was number two, I believe. Second one that we tried. And that one gets my uh, second one on there. The 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 one we tried right before this, the punk what I called the pumpkin wit, had mm-hmm. a bigger sm- uh, pumpkin smash face uh, mm-hmm. quotient. It was okay. It wasn't my favorite. Uh, so, and this one, I, I'm not even giving it a quotient. This one, I... So, it's number four for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, like your it. favorites in order were one... Was it one, two, three, four? It was. The order we, we tasted it The order we tasted it All right, Jeff? So, um, again, I'm torn. Number, uh, the, the fourth and fifth one, or the first and second one of this session, uh, the, the first one... Um, had really good uh, pumpkin aroma on the on the nose and the finish, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it was it was a great solid beer. I could totally session that beer all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the second one, 
the roasted one, as as we're calling it, I guess. The mm-hmm. burnt lager. Yeah, the burnt lager. That uh, that was also a really solid beer. I like that one a lot. Okay. I, I, both of that them. That being your number two. Well, those are those are tied. Kind of tied for number one. If I had okay. to, if I had to pick, then uh, yeah, I could pick. But those are tied for number one. And then uh, after that, same order as 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 Floyd. You got the the next one, the overripe pumpkin, but light flavor. It was drinkable, but I probably wouldn't order more than one. And then that uh, fourth one, I couldn't even get past the taster. I'm sorry, did he call you Floyd? He did. I'm sorry. He, yeah, Ian Floyd. Uh, is Floyd your uh, CCSD name? It is. I, I don't think I knew that. How <laughs> long is. have I known you? I did not know your CCSD. My name. other name is Floyd. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was trying. I, I was, I've been trying. Um, I'm starting to get I, a little I, bit I, drunk. So I, uh, I ain't scared. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with my CCSD name. I am Floyd of, Pinkerton. He's got I a great am, name. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Um, in this last segment, I'm going to go with beer number one as my favorite, beer number three as my number two, mm-hmm. uh, and then beer number two followed by beer number four. So one, three, two, four for me in this uh, in this one. So let's see. Now this to Still me this trying is, to get the taste of that last beer. Out to of me, this face. is almost the most fun. As much fun as drinking the beers is. Almost the most fun is uh, the reveal. And number one, which I think we all picked uh, as favorite, the Post Road Pumpkin Ale Brooklyn? from Brooklyn Brewing. That's just a good beer. Post Road, yeah. I liked it very much. Mm-hmm. All right. Post Road Brooklyn Beer, number one. Um, that was the consensus favorite of this segment. That was of, a good beer. Of all the three of us. All right, Adam. That's the one we suspected was the Schwartz beer, but obviously it was right. Not. It was clearly was not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what a, what what about a twist of fate where the Schwartz beer ended up being number four mm-hmm. that we all did? So the Post Road is a five percent alcohol, um, best before date printed on the bottle. Just so a they good, give you the end date. Yes. Ale. Yeah, yeah, just a good pumpkin ale. Uh, the good. end date is just Thanksgiving. Drink it by Thanksgiving. Brewed by and move uh, on. Brooklyn Brewings, and uh, you know Brooklyn Brewings pretty solid. They are yeah, very, they are right. very solid. Yes, I agree. Uh, in uh, the beer number two, which came in third on all three of our lists. Uh, oh no, no, I, I voted that one number two. Oh, you voted that one number I two. I'm sorry. Or number two, number one. I like uh, this one a lot. Number two. Uh, this is the beer number two. Uh, I I picked it third. You guys picked it second. And Anderson. And uh, all right, this is from Anderson Valley Brewing Company. It's the Fall Hornin Pumpkin Ale, ale brewed with pumpkin and spices. And I got to tell you, just from the looks of that, I was expecting much more of a pumpkin pie style beer. Yeah, just from yeah. the looks of the can. But it was very, it was very light on the pumpkin, uh, mm-hmm. on the flavor and the aroma. I liked it. That it was, was subtle, three, but it was but there. Like it was it. present. All right. So then this one comes in ale brewed with pumpkin and spices. It says right there on the thing. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of information on here. Six yeah. percent. It's a very interesting picture of a of a solar powered. It says solar powered brewery. Oh, very cool. That's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Anderson Valley. All right, uh, Adam. Let's see what beer number three was. I picked it second. Uh, I think you guys picked was it. New Holland third and fourth. This is New Holland Brewing's Ichabod, Ichabod. pumpkin ale with real pumpkin, cinnamon. And nutmeg spices. I can see already that it's 4.5. Ian, show that baby to the camera. Not my favorite, but I absolutely love the artwork. Look I, at the artwork on I that thing. I picked it number two. Uh, you picked it number three, Jeff. Yes. And Ian, did you pick it? You picked it number three as well, I think. So. Yes. But it might not have done as well if you hadn't hated number four so much. 
right? Number four was just... I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. Whoever made that beer, it was awful. So this is the beer that you guys both hated and I liked, but increasingly disliked as I had more of it. So it wound up my number four as well. Oh, oh my God. It's the dogfish really? egg. Oh, now see, this is why you do That was blind, awful. This is why you do blind taste test. It's the dogfish head pumpkin ale. Wow, Ian, that blows Crazy. my mind. I actually yeah. wrote negative five, even though that's not wow. a placing. Now it was awful. I'm going to tell Sorry. you guys something. It's not good. Now, I'm going to tell you guys something, and this is this is why these taste tests are so weird to me. Uh, when I bought that beer, I actually bought that uh, several weeks ago, mm-hmm. and I bought a six pack of it because I didn't find any individual ones to to mix and match, uh, like I did with some of the beers for the show oh, okay. today. Yeah, yeah. So I bought a six pack of it. I've actually had a couple of these already that I just stuck in the refrigerator because I had enough to, you know, save one to bring for the show. I liked it at home. Oh. Like it wasn't it wasn't anything even close to the reaction we seem to have to it today in the blind taste test. It, I mean, it's just interesting to me. Here you go. You can, you can No, have- no. <laughs> but but, it, but, that, but that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is that right. sometimes, like... Your, your brand loyalty right. can influence your... Uh, uh, or either that, or I was having it where maybe I had something else that wasn't a pumpkin beer before, oh, yeah, uh, and then know. I went to that, and it was, you know, and I enjoyed it. Like, I would never, based on the fact that I had tasted that before... I think I would never have expected that I would react, or particularly you guys would react to it, the way we did. I never would have guessed that you. because that was my least favorite of the day. Totally. And you're you're a dogfish head, like love dogfish aficionado. Head. Yeah, it makes it makes you wonder how much of the label that we drink. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, totally. We're all victims totally of it. Right. I can try and be snooty and be like, oh well, no, I never would possibly. But I mean, the truth is, it makes you wonder how much of the label yeah, we drink. I light up a cigar. It says AJ Fernandez on it. I'm predisposed to like it yes you know not saying it won't be good i'm it's just an predisposed to like it's it. an accepting mindset at that mm-hmm. point right i think right. that might be the the big You're difference looking that, right. for the good maybe yeah mm. all right fascinating we have one more segment it's smoking and toasting in our final segment we will taste four more beers and then at the end of that we will each pick our top five of the entire program the entire 11 beers so that's for, that's almost half the beers so should we only pick top three, or, or is five good? I think best from each segment is good. So top three is probably all right. Where so we top go. three it will be then at the end of the uh, at the end of the final segment, which comes up next. You're listening to Smoking and Toasting. Are you just totally shocked? I am totally blown away by that. That is too funny. On the beach in Hawaii. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. We are live in the studio today for show number 161. It's all about the great pumpkin beer blind taste test, Charlie Brown. And we're brought to you by uh, the fine folks at B&B Butchers and Restaurant, 1814 Washington Ave in Houston, and in the shops at Clear Fork in Fort Worth. And uh, they are not only wonderful sponsors, but a great place to go. And that's where we'll be next Wednesday uh, doing the uh, whiskey sniff. We really want to encourage you to buy tickets and come out because it's going to be a great deal of fun, and we don't want to do it without you. So it's going to be great. Uh, we are in the studio today doing the pumpkin beer blind taste test. This will be our final 
uh, segment to do that, and then we'll pick our favorites from each of the uh, uh, from each of the segments. Uh, but our guest in on the show is uh, Jeff or uh, Skeet from CCSD. I just I was going to ask you some CCSD questions um, because you guys are both members of this. In my mind, I think of CCSD as sort of like <clears throat> one of those sort of secret societies. Like there's the Illuminati, there's the Skull and Bones, and then there's the CCSD. Am I far off here? I, I can tell you, but exactly we would have to kill like you. That. Okay, that's exactly what I thought. So that's exactly, like you're kind of like the Illuminati of beer, or you can just come by on Tuesday nights and see for yourself. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I might do that. But so uh, we have a little bit of CCSD news, actually. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. On the ninth, mm-hmm. which will be uh, November 9th. Yeah, November 9th. On the ninth, we have uh, our annual event called November Beer Fest. Mm-hmm. Because everyone does an Oktoberfest. Oh, I love I love this. See, not doing Oktoberfest. And uh, if you haven't realized, we go to eleven. Oh yeah, that's yes. pretty pretty much what that's I've right. uh, what I've because detected. November so, the eleventh so month. What so is, we go to eleven. What does November Fest consist of? Um, basically, it's uh, I mean, yeah, I, I I wouldn't even say it's arguably it is the largest. Uh, Homebrew event in Texas, if not ah. um, probably the nation. I mean, so you guys, I gotta go ahead and expand to the nation because Texas pretty is pretty crazy. So is you guys nation, basically so. bring your homebrew products, yes, and people get to uh, check them out and sample them. And yes, oh, what fun! Uh, last year we had uh, approximately three hundred gallons. Um, this, this year we expect homebrew. it to be about the same. Now I got torched in the comments. How many, how many flavors is that? Uh, well, if you got five gallon kegs, then you know it, it's a lot of beer. Yeah, I got torched in the comments 60, on this show. It's about sixty different beers. once for talking about the fact that for the most part, the homebrewed beer that I tried was just not good at all. You should come out, Cruz. You obviously but, yeah. have not been, but to our clearly event. I've not been to November Beer Fest. Correct? You should come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My I band's playing there, by the way. Well, I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll do some name nice. dropping. Do you, Do you like Brash Brewery? I do. I love Brash Brewery. Their head brewer is a member of CCSD. Okay. Well, do you like Eureka Heights? I love Eureka Heights. One of the owners of Eureka Heights is a member of CCSD. Okay. okay. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I mean, those are a couple of um, very respectable. How, how many brewers. of our members have worked at St. Arnold over the years? Um, I I don't know off the top of my head, but I would say a more lot. than a handful. I've driven by. I know St. you've Arnold. had Mark. Would I you've had Mark Nichols on the show with uh, yes, Quality yes. Draft. Mark is great. Yeah. Uh, he's a mm-hmm. member, and um, he's been at, at several breweries. Goliad. Uh, yep, he was at Goliad. Was he, he was at St. Arnold's. He was also at, um, um, uh, not, is it New Republic? New Republic. Yeah, New Republic. Yeah, yeah. New Republic, yes. Okay. So, so I mean, yeah, there, a lot of the guys in the club have ties to uh, the industry here in, in, in Houston. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, this is... Thank you. <laughs> uh, so this is really interesting to me because... Uh, you guys, I mean, you get together to drink and smoke, but it really is about more than that. It's really about supporting we're, the the home brewing uh, uh, industry. It's about supporting. We're, yeah, we're home brewers. Um, we get together on common ground, home brewing, but um, we're we're a bit of a drinking club with a brewing problem. Now, Ian, yeah, that sounds about right. Ian, I've known you for a little while now. We're 161 episodes into the show, and I knew you for a while before the show started. Uh, I've never had the opportunity to taste one of your homebrews. I haven't brewed in a while. Uh, he hasn't. He's actually on my brew team, and um, I'm going to call you out here right now. Uh, you haven't oh. brewed in a while, buddy. Oh, you've been called out, Ian. 
it's okay because uh, should well, I have not brought this up? On, honestly, uh, so if, if I can backtrack to November Fest, um, in addition to all the homebrew beer, we also supply food, and um, we typically have four live bands playing, you know, throughout the day. And uh, Floyd over here is is generous enough to make sure that that is happening. Okay, um, whether he does it himself or he he finds someone to run sound for him. Um, Up until last year, I would actually bring the PA, yeah. run sound for all the bands, and generally play in at least one of the bands myself. Yeah. So if, which if it, made for a very busy day. Yeah. If this guy true. doesn't brew beer, then I don't. I don't ever say anything to him <laughs> okay. because yeah, I know enough. that he's working his butt off all day long, making sure the band's sound is just right. So uh-huh. within the club, we actually have uh, different uh, different uh, groups of brewers different uh teams teams if you will right right. and our team is known as menace to sobriety i love that (laughs) (laughs) i cheers cheers to that so we are cheering with the first beer of our uh, final segment this is uh back to the pumpkin beer blind taste test and this one in a paper cup i don't know if that matters but uh mm. i like this all right so this is the first beer that tastes like what I expected most of the beers we're tasting today to taste like. It 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 is a pumpkin pie celebration, is what this beer is. Yeah, but it's not sweet. I no, like that. I agree. It's not it's not too sweet. It's got definite like hot bitterness to it, but in a, in a really good way. But it's uh, but it's got the it's got those pumpkin baking spices going. I like this very very much. Ian, your thoughts? This is beer first, and then pumpkin. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I kind of like it in that aspect. It's got a little bitterness on the tail end that's interesting, um, and I kind of like that as well. It's it's got a lot of things like there's not a lot, like nose wise. I don't get a whole lot unless I'm just losing my, you know, nose buds. I love this. I think it's I think it's absolutely delicious. Taste wise, though, it's quite pleasant, um, and this is very drinkable too. Mm-hmm. So I I'm gonna put this on immediately. Towards the top of the beer list as very drinkable mm-hmm. and repeatable drinkable. Pumpkin smash face value? Uh, it's not real high on uh, the PSI, <laughs> Pumpkin Smash Face Index. <laughs> I love that we have a PSI. <laughs> it's not high on the PSI um, because there's not a lot of... No, uh, and... Well, I don't know. I'm going to give it probably a five because, like, the the flavor comes through, but you don't smell it when you're bringing it up. And that's, mm-hmm. No. But like, am I the only one? That's, there's not a lot of nose. Uh, no, I don't really get right? much nose at all. No, the nose is just kind of like a friendly ale, and then uh, the pumpkin and, and the spices come. I really like the finish on this. I love it's this beer. It's just a tiny nice. bit of uh, – it's a tiny bit of, um, of, of hoppy snap, and then it finishes with a malt. Little pumpkin and a little yeah. pumpkin yeah. I like on top it. of that. I like it. Bring on um, dessert. This I one could. definitely, yeah. Okay. I'll put a little star by it. Oh, oh. a little star. That means something. Means we'll, something. Uh, yeah, that we'll one. get to exactly what that means in a moment. Let's uh, go ahead and have Adam deliver us beer number two here as we do our final segment. You know what's interesting? Like I said, we're clearing out cups, and when we ran out of cups, we had some paper cups like for the rest. And what's interesting is we don't see the paper cups don't tell you as much about the beer. You you can look down and see the color, but there's something about it not being clear uh, and being able to see the beer 
in the glass that changes Plus, your. I feel a little bit like I'm at the dentist office. And also, <laughs> yes. Although, if my dentist had this in the cups, I would not be so like right. uh, afraid to go to the dentist office because uh, this would be awesome. I mean, this one. Can you imagine has... if he handed you the cup and says, "Drink this"? I'd be like, "I'm so." This coming one definitely back here. ramps up. I'm so coming the, back uh, here. The pumpkin smash face to about six. Wow. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's right up there up front. Um. It Ooh. smells friendly. It yeah. smells it's good. Pumpkin friendly. It's got a creaminess to it that I think some of the other be- oh. almost like almost like they put the uh, whipped cream in this. You know, it's almost got a homebrew smell to it. Mm. Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of digging this myself. This is this is very creamy. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say much on the nose, but I sure like the flavor. This is the flavor of this to me is pumpkin pie with a big dollop of whipped cream. This is, yeah, this is a blonde ale with uh, pumpkin spices added. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I was going to say a cream ale, but... Yeah. Well, I think cream ale and blonde ale are the same thing. Same, same. Close enough. Cream ale, blonde ale. I'm liking this. There's almost no bitter. This is very drinkable. Mm-hmm. This has a nice... It's got a sweetness on the back end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This has a, it's, it's a nice finish. Um. I'll be real curious to see what beer this is. Yeah. Yeah? Oh. You know, I'm surprised, though. I have to tell you, out of all the beers we've had, we've only had two stouts so far, right? Mm-hmm. And one that we thought was either a porter well, or Well, a, most of what we had here that today means that, in the 11 were ales. Most of them. That also means that uh, St. Arnold's is still coming out sometime soon. Well, unless... Oh, that's right, because we know that it was one of the next two. Yeah, that's going to be a kind of giveaway when that one crosses our uh, our pallets here, so... Hmm. Oh, Cruz, if I can... I like that. I'm sorry. I I realized that I just kind of trailed off, and I didn't finish telling you all about the event. (laughs) Oh, okay, so finish that up while we're getting our next beer. Uh, Floyd knows better. I, I get distracted easily, and I'll trail off and start telling mm-hmm. you about all kind of stuff. Especially after nine pumpkin beers. Yes, and and that that's really good tequila, mm. by the way. <laughs> um, anyways, it's going down uh, November 9th at uh, right behind the Caddy Corner Ice House off of Wakefield in Alba. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a pretty big event. We're going to have about... If it, it's anything like last year, we should have about 300 uh, gallons of homebrew beer, which should work out That's to about lot. 60 different beers. That's pretty sweet. Um, you pay a small and admission fee, you get in, and you get to taste all of our beers all day long and until we run out. And this is open to the public. You, you, yes. don't, you don't have to be a CCSD member no, to come. No, this is totally open to the public. This is all about us having a party, brewing beer, sharing our beer with people, and everyone just having a good time. And Ian, you did say your band's going to play. My band is playing there. As a the Blackout Vipers. The Blackout wow. Vipers. And there will be. I just wanted to say Ian, that I want to come. Give it cute up. Floyd. I'm going to have to come to this event because the last time I went out to see you guys play, you didn't play. No, that was that was an issue we had. We'll yes. we'll, uh, we'll address that in some future. Oh yeah, I, I, you know I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna um, at some point. But no, we will have the Velostax, uh, a band called Help I'm Alive, and also great name Marilyn Monroe Memorial Church. Oh, yes. sweet! I love all the band names and the Blackout Vipers. The Blackout Vipers them. will be playing at five o'clock, ish, because you know all times are soft. But five o'clock ish, uh, the first band will start at two, and it I think like doors a lot open. Uh, you you, you want to go and taste some 
beers that oh. you can't get everywhere else. I mean, this is you're no, gonna, these the are ultimate all for that. There, there will be beers there that you have never had before in your life. No one's even thought about making. And I, these, yeah, I know for a fact because uh, when biscuit biscuit brought out some beer like two weeks ago and let me taste it. Oh yeah, I won't give away too much. All I can tell you is stout. Very delicious stout that's been aged, and Snickers. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Now, we have a member. These are two things I like. We have a member named Lando. Come to my booth. Ask for it. <laughs> I'll show you where it's at. We have a member in the club named Lando uh. who is just absolutely brilliant with porters. Yes. Mm. And he makes chocolate porters and other porters that are, every year, just steal the show. Please Pe- tell me his last name is not Calrissian. No, it's Plenty. Plenty. Okay. Lando Plenty, I That's like right. it. I but like it. that porter is so good that in years since he has won with that porter, people have tried to make better than Lando's porter and have failed. Have mm. named it better than Lando's yes. porter oh, and, and still, still failed. failed. Oh, yes, I yes. like it. I like it. <laughs> all right, this is our uh, third beer of this segment. Clearly, this is a stout. I think we probably all know what this one is by process of mm. elimination, but we'll still try to be as fair as possible. Oh, no, I agree. This This is burnt pumpkin right here. I'm getting no pumpkin on the nose. No, no. I'm really? not getting really much of anything on the nose. Maybe but burnt. I get, I get burnt caramel and pumpkin. Well, that's what I get on on the tongue for sure. Burnt caramel and pumpkin. Mm. Mm. Yes, that is. Uh, Friends, that's a delicious beer. Burnt caramel and pumpkin. Now it is more bitter than the other stouts that we tried, for sure. Well, because that's that oak you're tasting on there, too. Mm -hmm. Mm. (laughs) It's interesting. This is the first time on the show today where all three of us have been kind of quiet. This tastes very barrel-aged. Yeah, it certainly does. I need to... Oh, wow. I just uh, rinsed my palate with some water. Mm -hmm. And went back to it. No, I, I haven't gone back to it yet. I'm still getting an after flavor. It's <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. No, when you say water, do you mean Modelo? No, 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 no. I actually. Oh, I actual brought, water. I actually brought some water today. Like in the toilet. Sometimes we, sometimes <laughs> we, sometimes we say water. We mean Coors Light, you know, or or a Michelob Ultra. <laughs> kind of beer flavored. <laughs> Did beer you actually flavored get the water. reference? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How that helped out a lot. I can sm- I can get the pumpkin on the nose now. Mm. Yeah, see, I get pumpkin, I get uh, burnt caramel, and when you taste it, you get that oak finish on it. So this has, this is a very, like, barrel-aged stout with pumpkin. It's delicious, gentlemen. That's a very, very so good deal. I'm going to definitely guess that that's the St. Arnold. It's nice. Is this our last one for the day? We have one more. And that gets oh. a six or seven. I'm going to put seven on the so- uh, pumpkin smash facing. Yeah, it's a pretty pretty high pumpkin smash face. Oh, yeah. Uh, amount. So interestingly enough, another dark one. Another dark beer here for the final uh, beer of the taste oh, test. This one. Mm. Th- I look before I even taste this. It's getting an eight on pumpkin smash face. You know, uh, Ian, I'm going to guess that this is the pumpkinator, and not the last one. And this is exceptional, by the way. Whatever it is, it's oh man, that's tough. Yeah, it smells sweet. I so get the last those... one is barrel aged. So I'm gonna take. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with you. I'm taking off my St. Arnold thing, because St. Arnold doesn't barrel age their pumpkinator. 
This is pumpkinator. This is delicious. This is pumpkinator. And I'm this is a little you. sweet, but without being sickly sweet. But it's sweet in the way a pumpkin pie is sweet. It smells like a pumpkin pie. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's really good. Really delicious. Mm. I don't know. That last one was so good, though, too. Mm-hmm. All right, we're clearly going to pick five for our top five in order. Mm. I, you know, I don't even know what to say. Uh, this is really good. This is, I think, I think you're right though. I think after tasting this, this is the St. Arnold. That's my guess. And it's got, yeah, it's got the uh, like the one we tried previous is a little less viscous, but the one we tried previous definitely has a barrel aged oak kind of flavor to it. This one, it, that last one was good. Has the big pumpkin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. up front, but it's not too sweet. You get a little bit of the crust. You, crust. You get a little bit of the bitter. You get a little bit of the spice, All and right. you get the big mouth feel that you expect out of that. So yeah, I'm definitely going with Saint Arnold. Uh, all right, Adam. We all liked beer number one. Let's see what it was. Beer number one of this segment was, in fact, oh look at that! It's the thirteenth floor. Uh, Haunted House Pumpkin Ale. That's 13th floor? Yep, 13th floor. Haunted House Pumpkin Ale was our first beer of this segment. And I have to now tell you how excited I am that that one came in a six-pack, and I have five more of them at home. Nice. That one's that was a good one. It was a good one. I liked it very much. All right. Fascinating. That's beer number one on this segment. And this one is? 13th floor. Fourth Tap, Austin, Texas. Yeah, fourth tap. Not, I got a buddy at work who uh, he knows the guy who owns that place. Not a ton yeah. of information yeah, on him because it's there all the time. I have not uh, checked them out, but uh, I've had a couple from them. They're, they're pretty good to, beers. I'll have to now. Yeah. yeah, I'll have to now. Some good breweries in Austin. Uh, in the second position, our friends from Southern Cygord. Star. The Cygord was beer number two. And uh, Ian, you want to show that one to the camera? I'm interested in the style. I'm interested too because I called it blonde ale. I called it a cream, mm-hmm. which is totally different. Three point seven percent. Not a lot of information going on on here, but the artwork's cool. Hold on, Cygord. That's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty cool. Great artwork. Great stuff. I'm assuming that they probably use their uh, their blonde ale. Yeah, their, their blonde uh, ale. Bombshell blonde is the base for this. Probably, may have, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it had a certain creaminess to it that just made me think it was a absolutely it was yeah. very creamy good that's yeah. a good beer it's a very good beer it is all right that was beer number two let's see what beer number three was for this oh, segment I didn't uh, damn it oh Elysian uh, the Elysian uh, the Elysian Dark Knife this was that the makes pumpkin sense. the pumpkin Schwartz beer and Ian you can uh, this is that's the uh, that's the roasted one. Mm-hmm. Right, it was very roasted. Uh, uh, my notes were roasted through and through. Gotcha. So that was the game. Okay. All right, that was beer number three, and let's see what beer number four was. I think we know what beer number four was. Yes, yes. The Pumpkinator mm-hmm. 2019, and uh, Ian, you mentioned by the way. Uh, Pumpkinator is an Imperial Pumpkin Stout from St. Arnold Brewing. 
Uh, you mentioned that you had a Pumpkinator 2018 I in do. your fridge. Maybe between now and Thanksgiving, we'll get another one of these 2019s. Ooh. And and we'll do a, a side by side with them just to see how this stuff ages. That would be like, a very short vertical, but yeah, 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 very short vertical. I that might even be, be able to lean on a friend or two that might have, uh, maybe even one older, that they might be able to give up for the I'm show. I'm talking to you, Skipjack. Okay, yeah. we may have to figure out something to trade, but okay. So, I'm going to go ahead and say that we figured this out a little ahead of time. Uh, also, uh, Wiki Brian mentioned that um, they do have a bourbon barrel pumpkinator, but it's not this one. Are you sure it's and not that one? I don't think it's just the normal one. Yeah, I don't think these are these are bourbon barrel aged. They're pumpkinators. Huh. Mm. Um, I think that's a specific uh, uh, release that they have, but I could be wrong, and he'll let us know. I'm sure. All right. So, so he also says Cygord is a dark copper ale mm. with oatmeal. with oatmeal. With oatmeal. That's why it was so creamy. <laughs> so that's why it's so different. Yes. Okay. Fascinating. That All was right. it. All right. So, gentlemen, our, our challenge now is based on the beers we have tasted, mm. let's rank our top five personal favorites, uh, and let's start with number five and count them all the way up. And, uh, Ian, are you are you ready or you need a moment? Almost. Just, just You know what? I got four out of five right now, and I'll come up with uh, number five as I say it. So Okay. Right, so you want to start with number five and count your way to one. Oh, now then you're going to have to wait because I'm doing it backwards. <laughs> okay, it's all right. It's all good. Um, so number five out of all of these, I'm going to have to say is probably – it's number five is a little bit of a tie between the uh, the Southern Star and the 13th Floor. Interesting. Wow. Those I thought were quite good. Uh, it's a little tough though, because that Nebraska back at number two, which was a long time ago by this point in time in our beer tasting, mm-hmm. was, was also del- quite good. That was so, delicious. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and pair all those down to the Nebraska. I think because I thought that was the most repeatable drinkability. All right. So out are of you saying three. five? So was... number five for me, being being uh, from from the five uh, being the. Least Lowest to highest, okay. right, right. Of of your top ones, of though. my top yeah. five. Uh, then uh, coming in at number five is definitely going to be the Nebraska. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, coming in at number four is the fourth beer we tried. Post Road. Uh, oh, the Brooklyn uh, Brooklyn Ale. Post Road Ale. Brooklyn uh, Post Road Pumpkin. Post-road. Yes, that was that was a good beer. Fantastic. So that was your number four. Coming in at number uh, three, I'm getting confused with my numbers now, is actually number three, which was the Clown Shoes. Ah, the Clown Shoes. Very nice. Uh, So four and three. And then coming in at number two is the Elysian. Oh, the the, uh, The one uh, we just had. Yep. mm -hmm, Yeah. The Dark Knight. And then coming in at number one is Pumpkinator. Punkinator. Wow. That's pretty impressive. All right. Um, uh, so, Skeet, are you ready to do this, or you need some time? I think so. I think so. Starting at number five, then. So, just because I can't leave one out, I, I actually had six favorites. 
Um, <laughs> and I forgot to write down who uh, who the breweries were, but it was number two and three in the last tasting. The cream ale, right, sweet on the back. So um, number two was the Cygord okay, from that was, Southern Star. So I would say at number five, Cygord, and then the Elysian. That the was, Elysian uh, is, uh, yeah, Elysian Brewing. Yeah. And that was the, uh, uh, the Schwartz beer. Yes. The Dark Knife. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm letting them tie at number five just because I, I feel like they both need to get a mention. All right. Fair enough. Uh, number four was the Clown Shoes. Nice. Um, number three, uh, the Nebraska. It had that really great fresh pumpkin aroma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all seem to really like that. Um, and, I mean, it, these are all solid beers. Don't, you know. Don't, right, right. At this point, it don't get upset, Nebraska. <laughs> uh, number two, um, I put down Brooklyn. You know that I, I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the mm-hmm. the as far as representing the pumpkin beer. flavor. Yeah. It was a good solid beer. And but number one, I'm giving it to Thirteenth Floor. Thirteenth Floor, wow! It had a great pumpkin flavor. It has some slight spice to it, but uh, overall, is I thought it was a really good beer. It's very drinkable. Super interesting as we start here four. Out of my five, and four out of his five, we share. Well, this doesn't surprise me. You both uh, really like, you know, you both have similar tastes in beer, I think. And uh, and so that doesn't necessarily surprise me. Plus, you both kind of know what you're talking about. So I, no, just, I just drink beer. I actually don't I know said, what I'm talking about. Notice I said kind of. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> I don't want Ian to get a big head. He'll want to. You know, like take over the show, and, <laughs> you know, all that, uh, all that stuff. So one day I'm going to uh, realize that you're holding me back. Uh, well, I think you've already realized that. I, I think that day's already come. So, so after uh, the Jonas uh, Tyler cage match, is it going to be like a Cruz Ian cage uh, match? You know, I would, de- I would no, just, but there's just going to be there's just going to be a show called Toastin. Yeah, right, Toastin with Ian. <laughs> it's gonna be a smoking show and a toasting show, yeah, yeah. and y'all can talk about right. how you used we'll, to be we'll smoking split. and toasting. Man, man, I remember back in the day when we used to work <laughs> together. It was awesome. Uh, all right, here's my top five. Number five, um, the Brooklyn uh, is my top, is my number five. That I thought was a really nicely balanced, very drinkable ale, uh, and I really enjoyed it. That's number five. At number four for me is the Elysian Schwarzbier. The uh, yeah. uh, the what is it called? Ian, the Elysian uh, dark, dark Knife. Dark Knife. Thank you. Uh, that was number four for me. At number three, the Nebraska, the one we keep referring to as the Fresh Pumpkin. It was really good. Yeah, it was a it was really, really good. good, really refreshing beer. My number two was the uh, fourth tap 13th floor i thought that was oh, yeah. a great beer it was it was really loved good. it loved it and at number one i don't mean to be a homer but that saint arnold um uh the the pumpkinator just to me that was everything you want a pumpkin beer to be yeah and it was delicious and if not necessarily refreshing was just Mouthwatering the way that it affected your taste buds and the way it worked on you. So, so there's my five. I think we all <coughs> picked a, well, a few in common. Here's an interesting result out of all three of us. The ones we picked in common were the Nebraska, mm-hmm. the uh, Brooklyn Brewing, and the Elijah. And yes. every what's, one of us picked those. What's totally interesting, if you had asked me to guess before we tried any of these. 
I would have said we'd all pick the dogfish head. <laughs> and it's just so interesting. That was that the that least favorite of the day, yes, oddly yes, enough. Yes, interestingly enough. I'm super surprised by that. Yeah. I would be willing to give it a second go. Uh, uh, no, not, not right now. Not right now. <laughs> Like on, on tap. There you go. There's there's some on tap left. off of a fresh fresh also, keg. I'll, I'll give it another. Go. I also will mention it was really difficult for me to leave out the clown shoes. That was a great the was clown really shoes was yeah. so good. Yeah, that was a great beer. I mean, there was there was a <coughs> lot of great ones. Like honorable mentions definitely were uh, were definitely the Anderson. Um, oh yeah, the burnt mm-hmm. lager, mm-hmm. and uh, which I called the burnt lager, and uh, I really the thirteenth the- like like you guys both voted on the thirteenth uh, floor. That was a great. Beer. I didn't call that one of my top five, but it was fantastic. Yeah. The, uh, I love the Southern New Holland Star. too. I thought the New Holland New was Holland good. was a the good one. Southern Star was quite good. Like there mm-hmm. were actually a lot of good ones on this. Well, it's really interesting to uh, to do it this way. Thank you guys both for uh, participating in this, and big thanks to uh, Adam for. Not only for pouring them, but for giving them to us in such an interesting order. I think that was that was part of the magic of this was how they I think how they came out and uh, and how it worked. I think we only had two no mentions on here. Yeah, and oddly enough, from two of my favorite breweries, Dogfish Head and Prairie, and Prairie. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah, how weird. those are the only breweries that didn't get on someone's list. And there, there, I would have guessed, like, if you'd have just put it on paper and said which one of these are going to be your favorite, both of those would have been on my list. I would almost say, though, that my favorite of the day was actually the tequila. It was really good. It was really good, and I'm really looking forward to having tequila good. Well, yeah, tequila good. So, All right, so we are hoping to see you uh, next Wednesday night at the... We're just so excited about the whiskey snap. The second going to whiskey be pretty sniff. amazing. It's going to be pretty awesome, and we will uh, see you there. Get your tickets at eventbrite.com. Search whiskey sniff. Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for being hey. on the show. This was great fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a lot was, of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed having yeah. you here. Uh, as always, uh, Ian, this has been a blast. And although I have polished off all my beer, I'll have to toast you with a Modelo. Uh, but have a, have a wonderful uh, week, everybody. Happy Halloween and cheers.